0: and gentlemen this is the main event of the evening
1: the kings of sport present the spinning black fist podcast with your hosts chinyere okafor and 10 day ray williams
2: Good day, good day, this is not a test, this is not Nate Milton, and this is not Doc Rivers of NBA fame, this is your boy Raimondo Williams, aka 10 Day Ray, along with
3: Chi Chi, the one and only, um, the maestro of combat sports, I don't know why I call myself the maestro, but let's go. <laughs> let's
2: go with no one else has it, let's keep going with it, and yeah, you are... Yeah. You are tuning in to the first ever installment of the Spinning Black Fist podcast.
0: Pew, 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 pew.
2: Yes, yes, yes. We are an additional combat sports, mainly mixed martial arts uh, monthly review under the banner of the kings of sport. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We want to thank the great contributors of the Kings of Sport, primarily big brother Nate Milton, who may or may not be coming in and just delving his knowledge or giving his knowledge a little bit later. But we wanna give him thanks for allowing us this platform. We also wanna give thanks to our light-skinned forefather, who cannot be with us right now, but he's doing big things at ESPN, brother Marcus Vanderberg for his influence and him coming together and bringing this together. And also we'll give a shout out to Redacted as well. Without him, was along with the other two brothers we mentioned, this would not be possible. So I wanna thank those brothers. We we'll also wanna thank Professor Chris Ely as well for coming in and going ahead and pushing that ship forward steering that ship along in the future don't mind my automatic bluetooth speaker just wants to interrupt me like siri um (laughs) but we want to thank all those good brothers for giving us the platform and just allowing us to go ahead and share this mma knowledge with you i know kings of sport they usually do the mainstream sports and they also delve into some pro wrestling but we wanted to go ahead and give you a lens of mixed martial arts through an Afrocentric point of view. Mm. Afro-centric.
3: That word right there.
2: Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. When I heard Brother Nate say it one time on an episode of uh, NWA, I was like, that's the word I've been looking for all this time. I kept using the other terms, but I was like, There's not, it doesn't fit quite as right. As and Afro- since
3: then you've been stuck with it, right? <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I do want to go ahead and get started with just uh, how we got into the sport and also why we think that the sport needs an Afrocentric lens. And I guess if you want to share further as well, uh Chinyere, about why the sports needs a more female centric lens as well. So I'll go ahead and allow you to start. Ladies first.
3: Okay. Thank you so much, Ray. What a beautiful introduction um, for a beautiful show. We are about to create some magic. You know what I mean? Um, Kings of Sports started 10 years ago, and now we're bringing in something new. You know what I mean? So that's totally great. But um, my name is Chingere Okafo. um, But you guys can call me Chi-Chi. That's the name that, you know, people who know me use. So Chi-Chi is the name that you guys can use. I am from South Africa. Yes, I'm not even based in the US, but, you know, I'm all about that combat sports life. So, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm all about combat sports. Um, I've been trying to push the combat Chi-Chi name, but then I, I get scared. So, but Sorry. it is, no worries, no worries. But it is one of those things where, um, I am a queen of sport, I guess you could say, mm. in this little platform of, you know, the kings of sport. And when it comes to being Afrocentric, trust me, I'm all about it. Um, I'm I'm a half Nigerian girl, so I know what it means to be African and all of that. And we definitely need Afrocentric um, perspective here in the MMA world, in the wrestling world, in the... Anything combat sports, honestly, in all of combat sports, we always need diversity, and we need to have our voices heard. You know what I mean? And me as a girl, I feel like I bring a little something more special because you know, the female perspective. Usually, people think that us as ladies, we just like because we just like combat sports because you know we want to see shirtless men and all of those things. And it's not even that. It's not even that. I promise you, it's not even that. Um, we just love the violence as much as you do. So. I'm here to show that, to prove that, and to be all about that life, that combat sports life. So, yeah, that's that's all that there is to me, I guess. Chingere Okafo, Chichi though, is what I would like you to call me. And I'd like to thank you for embracing me. Yeah, I'm thanking you in advance. I'm actually forcing you to to embrace me because I'm here to stay. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my introduction, Ray. That's me forcing myself upon everybody. So, <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, well, we love to have you. We love to see it, and I just appreciate you being willing to uh, come alongside with a knucklehead like me. She's the professional, folks. She she does all the writing and I'm sure she'll give all of her plugs as a way you can find her writing and find all of her content as well. But she's the professional, folks. I'm just a knucklehead who's just like, hey, what they doing in there? So um, <laughs> as far as me. Um, and thank you once again, Queen of Sport, First Lady. Uh, mm-hmm. she, um I dealt or I dabbled a bit upon the sport, even right before the Ultimate Fighter. Or I, I've I've always known of the sport, uh, especially within its inception, because I was huge into pro pro wrestling, like everybody here at the network is, and. Um, as a child, I used to see the commercials and I used to think that the UFC would, was kind of similar to pro wrestling. And especially with all the guys that would come over, Ken Shamrock and um, not Don Fry, but my guy with the mustache. Uh, I forget his name. Help me out, Janieri. <laughs> I want to
3: know him. I-, I feel like I'm, oh, I'm not Sepp-
2: a <laughs> oh, oh, see. Oh, yeah. You're not as old as me. You know, Dan Severn, yes, uh, had a stint in professional wrestling as well. And so I I will always kind of have it in the back of my mind. But then it wasn't until Zufa took over UFC and until they came out with the Ultimate Fighter that it was kind of a little bit more on my radar. But I wasn't still I still wasn't as big a fan into it until. I want to say maybe it might have been a year after uh, mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter in around 2007 or so. And I was kind of kind of jaded over professional wrestling. And it was, I think, and it might have been like right after uh, Crispin Wall died, who uh, Crispin Wall yeah. got involved in the murder-suicide Yeah. Um, and he was my favorite, favorite wrestler at the time. And I was kind of just like disenchanted from pro wrestling after that. And so I was kind of looking for an outlet where I could still see people compete, but it be more competition rather than the story or rather than telling those stories or being manufactured in a way. So. I kind of started picking up on UFC back when Matt Hughes was just taking over the welterweight division back when BJ Penn was fighting in a uh, lightweight division. And you uh, just started growing from there, like my love for mixed martial arts. And then I found out about pride and then, you know, fast forward to around 2011, I started getting involved and listening to different MMA podcasts and things like that. And I just got hooked on the sport uh, around that time. And now, fast forward to now, where I'm kind of where I was with wrestling back in 2007, 2008 or so, I'm kind of in a similar space with UFC. As far as kind of being disenCHANTed, especially with some of the things that people mm. are saying and what's what's going on, um, and one thing that really made me realize why we need a more Afrocentric and a more diverse lens on the sport is there were two years ago, UFC made an attempt on trying to celebrate Black History Month and I remember the first vignette that they put out, and this was before they kind of had, and I think I was telling Chris and Chris and Nate about this as well. The first vignette that they put out, and this was before they put anything out on their website as far as like going down the history, um, the first vignette that they put out to celebrate Black History Month, it wasn't about, Maury Smith, who was the first Black UFC champion. It wasn't about Quentin Rampage Jackson. It wasn't about Rashad Evans. It wasn't even about John Jones. It was about Michael Chandler. And for those who are listening and who may be new to the sport, uh, Michael Chandler is not Black, folks. (laughs) He's not even as, as... I kind of played around on the NWA podcast where we have the um, what I dub the Johnny B. Bad Ronda Rousey spectrum. He doesn't even have like an eighth or a 16th. He doesn't even have his great grandfather on his mother's side. He's pure Caucasian. And the reason why they were highlighting Michael Chandler and his wife is because they decided to adopt a black child And (laughs) this kind of took a stir within Twitter, now known as X. And I just see Andreas Hell, who's of the Sporting News and doing great Mm -hmm. stuff within the um, combat sports community, whether it be professional wrestling or boxing or MMA. And he's letting people know, yeah, this, this isn't right, guys. This is kind of like... Um, that white savior attitude. And even in the piece, Michael Chandler is just like, and Michael Chandler is good throughout. There's nothing against Michael Chandler. He's a good dude. Um, He says it himself. He's like, I don't need to be celebrated for this. Like, I'm just, this is what me and my wife wanted to do. But the way it was promoted by the UFC kind of put it into that white savior mentality. And that's what Andre as mm-hmm. hell was trying to tell people through his tweets during that night. And then I, I was kind of backing him up as well on that and just letting people know, because there were people who were generally and they weren't even coming at us combatively. They're just like, well, why do you say that? Cause they were genuinely interested in why we had a certain take on it. And so We were kind of giving genuine thoughts. Imagine that on Twitter, having a (laughs) nice, friendly, civil conversation with somebody. It was wonderful. Um, But after that, and then I had my friend, uh, Brian Golds Garcia, who's from MMA Junkie. Um, Great friend. I love that guy. Um, He also had similar viewpoints as far as, well, why do you think that? And so we were kind of talking it out as well. And it just made me realize, oh, this is why we need this. And then like a few days after that clip aired during like a UFC fight night, then they wanted to put out something online as far as like all the actual Black fighters who contributed. Mm Mm-hmm who contributed to the sport. And I was like, this is what they should have came out with in the beginning.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like what were they trying to do?
2: (laughs) I I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea, but that's why that was what kind of inspired me into trying to look into being more of a voice of a fan who may not look like the yeah. majority or mainstream crowd within UFC we know things are going on we know there was a certain president who just gets hailed in that sport uh except for yeah. from um my guy's wife. <laughs> <Yeah. Bill's laughs> wife everyone except her was just hailing it was just falling over that brother's feet but um I think for a different perspective. And it's not like we're going out to criticize UFC and it's not as though we're only focusing on a UFC. We're focusing on other, um, organizations. We're going to be focusing on, uh, Bellator. We're going to be focusing on PFL. Like we mentioned before, we'll even be, Focusing if if it comes to it, if there are like regional promotions within our grasp, um, we'll be focusing on those. I know EFC is very popular um, where you are. So we'll we'll shed some light on different on different organizations, different promotions. And we'll also go ahead. We'll we'll call it down the middle like we're we're not leaning one way or the other we'll We'll call it as we see it. We're gonna be very civil. We're gonna be very objective, and we'll give praise when it's due, and we'll give critique and criticism when it's due. So
0: exactly that's,
2: yeah, that's all I wanted to do with this platform, and without further delay, we're gonna go ahead and bring on our big brother. We're gonna go ahead and bring on the Godfather and self-proclaimed swifty himself brother <laughs> nate milton mm. you, you you see how
1: this man do me chanieri he, <laughs> he tries to give me that backhanded compliment talking about you know how, how me and marcus and, and chris and andrew and redacted started all this and then he tried to hit me with the taylor swift <laughs> insult okay. he thinks it's an insult but here's thing. right here's the thing oh. though Chenyere. The, the, the players going to play, 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 play.
0: Oh my God. And the haters,
1: they're going to hate, 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 hate. I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I'm going to shake it off, Ray. You ain't going to get me, Ray. Cause, cause look here, Ray. I, I, I done dealt with you enough on the NWA podcast. I know what you're about. But I'm here for the maestro of MMA, the maestro of combat sports, Cheniere <laughs> Okafor. What's good, T.T.?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I can't believe he came at you like that. He 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 was like self-proclaimed, right, no, right. like, "He's actually being nice. He's actually like, being like, nice look, to
1: look. me." Like, I was gonna say, keep keep it up, Ray. Uh, next month is just gonna be Teniere spinning blackface, like <laughs> starring Teniere Okafor. Like, what happened to Ray? I don't know. Hey, yeah. brother,
2: I don't mean it as an insult. Matter of fact, hey, a Swiftie only recognizes a Swiftie. Mm, mm. Little do you know. Hey, I'm a Swifty too. I you knew said that game bro. recognized game, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I know you're you're looking at me saying, Why you gotta be so mean? I'm not mm. trying to be mean, but mm.
3: it's the Swifty love, so, Swifty, so, hate. Swifty on Swifty violence. So, I guess
1: what, 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 we, what Ray is trying to say to is this originally was gonna be a MMA and combat sports and boxing focused podcast, but now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Spinning Black Swift.
3: The Taylor Swift podcast. Change it at the last minute. Okay. <laughs> it's
2: a good thing we don't have that logo ready yet. <laughs> oh Lord. As long as she don't uh as long as she don't break up with Travis Kelsey and start mm. dating uh Kobe Covington, we'll be all right. Mm. Uh yes. nah, she's she too smart for that. <laughs> But yeah, brother Nate, we just wanted to bring you on again. Um, all jokes aside, we we, we love and appreciate <laughs> you, brother. And we just wanted to bring you on. Just go ahead and give uh, any any words you might have on our maiden voyage as, as we steer into 2024 Ooh. coming up.
1: Yeah, this, this is exciting. This is exciting. <laughs> the first kind of uh, product or, or content here from the Kings of Sport, that doesn't directly involve me or Marcus or Chris or, or even Andrew. Uh, and so I think when you look at spinning black fist, a lot of what you and Cheniere said about why this show needs to exist is on point, you know, cause you got some good brothers out there and some good sisters out there that are doing the work uh, particularly, you know, when you talk about somebody like Andreas Hale mm-hmm. uh, or Akel Dansby you know, with, with some of the work that they've done in this space. Uh, but our voices aren't are amplified as much as they need to be particularly when you talk about combat sports as an entity because here's the thing ray like i've been a fan of combat sports before i even knew that it was called combat sports you know growing up in the 90s like you could argue that was the heyday of boxing like the last big heyday like the Mm -hmm. 90s into the early 2000s when you're talking about cats like de la hoya mayweather Uh, you know, uh Bernard Hopkins, Roy Jones. I know Chinyere, you you might not remember Roy Jones, but if that's the case, y'all almost have forgot about this man, Roy Jones Jr., who made a whole entire rap song about his fight record. And and Ray might have the greatest opening line of any rap song in history because he rhymes Korea. With Korea, Korea. <laughs> when they took my gold medals in South Korea, let's look <laughs> back at my whole career because y'all must have forgot. Barnes. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> so, like, I love boxing growing up. Uh, obviously, you know, pro wrestling is something that, that uh, we all grew up with. Uh, but I think when you talk specifically about MMA, it was always kind of a, a bit of a sideshow kind of thing. It was, you know, going to Blockbuster Video Chinere back when people still went to video stores, and yeah. you'd see like the sports aisle, and it would be mostly like wrestling uh DVDs or tapes, and then you'd have like UFC's greatest knockouts or UFC's most bloodiest fights. It's like, yeah, this is this mm-hmm. is kind of weird. And then so you know, I think there's a reason uh that the sport has persisted, and it, it comes down to two things that I think boxing and MMA both traffic in that speaks to a core level of humanity, Ray. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but humanity loves conflict. Humanity loves violence. Even if they say they don't humanity loves violence. And the third thing is humanity loves us versus them, whatever us versus them is. And so, when you look at boxing in particular, you know, boxing has a long history of dealing in race to promote fights, you know, going all the way back to Jack Johnson, yeah. you know, going all the way to, you know, I think I said it on the NWA podcast, there was a reason why uh, Canelo Alvarez always had a fight on May 5th for like eight, nine years.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Cause we trying to tell y'all something, we trying to get this money based off of, uh, you know, playing with race and mm-hmm. I think UFC is kind of taking that to the next level, Chinieri. But it's just weird now because the world is weirder now. You know, mm-hmm. the world is Definitely. so fractured and so charged in a political sense that when you got people like Kobe Covington, when you got people like uh, uh, Masvidal uh, mm-hmm. out here who are using, like, it's 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 one thing. Like when we, like you and me, man to man, we fighting. Like that should be enough incentive for this fight without, you know, I'm here to make America great again in, in the octagon. It's like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is we doing here, man? So mm-hmm. I like I don't envy the task ahead of you because I think you're, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Uh, but I also think you guys are going to have some months when you come in and it's like, <laughs> like how do we talk mm-hmm. about this foolishness <laughs> that's going mm-hmm. on in this sport that we both love and care about?
2: Mm-hmm. I appreciate that yes definitely definitely and that also let me as I try to bring us back uh, (laughs) here we go um it also kind of reminds me I think even back in the day when you were talking about Jack Johnson and even when you lead up to I believe it was uh Joe Lewis and Max Schnell Max Mm -hmm. Schnell was from Germany and this was like post World War II and people still, and there was no shouting USA, USA back then. They still mm-hmm. wanted Joe Lewis to lose. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're seeing more and more of it now. And even some of it more subtle, like nobody really mentions when I think uh, the uh, aforementioned president that we mentioned before, uh, 4-5, <laughs> Uh, he had a rally, I believe it was in either Vegas or somewhere in the Midwest. Um, uh, of course, everyone mentions, I think Colby was there. No one mentions Justin Gaethje. And like, it's like, even yeah. though people aren't as outward with it and are uh, uh, overt with it, it's like, you still got to keep your eye on some people. So, and, and, and Justin Gaethje, he comes up as a, a really great guy, but. It's like you never know what people are thinking or what kind of views people have. So and, um, and I think part of it, uh Ray and Chinieri, is the culture of UFC,
1: which is now kind of the culture mm-hmm. of TKO, this conglomerate with oh. UFC and WWE, where everybody in the company is not on board with the MAGA train. But mm-hmm. you have a lot of key people in place, particularly when you talk about Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, who's whose affiliation with WWE, you know, depending on who you talk to, he's he's either a non-factor or he's in the room where it happens. He in uh, there with Aaron Burr and them boys. Actually, Aaron Burr was outside the room where it happens because that's when he did a little <laughs> dance number with the <laughs> twirls and everything. Uh, but then particularly when you talk uh UFC, Dana White been in bed with these boys. Dana White has spoken at you know the RNC. Dana White has, you know buddied up to Trump, you know, uh, Joe Rogan down with all that, you know, the, the, the misinformation and disinformation that is going around in this like latest political cycle, man. So I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of like watching WWE where it's like, even if I love these performers, even if I love Cody Rhodes or Becky Lynch or Kofi Kingston or whoever, it's kind of like, well, damn, the person that signs their paychecks is a terrible human being. And so Mm -hmm. when you're watching UFC and, you know, you're, you're watching a fighter that you enjoy or listening to Daniel Cormier, who I think is fabulous on commentary, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like the dude in charge of all of this is probably a really terrible person, or at least not a very good person. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's hard man at, at times to enjoy the sport Uh, but then there, there are, there are fighters, man. I think there are fighters who hop off the screen and make it hard to ignore, you know, like, like, uh, uh, like I got Usman, like, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. you know, seeing what Usman has done and, 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 uh, you know, some of these other kids. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, he, he, he's the uncrowned heavyweight champion. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Right. I'm just going to say it. We, I saw the fight. You saw the fight, Chinyeri. Tyson Fury saw the fight. He the yeah. uncrowned heavyweight champion, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and as 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 the consummate professional you are, Nate, you are taking the, you're foreshadowing a a bunch of different topics that mm. uh, Chinyeri and I had in mind. We we're gonna bring up the uncrowned champ. We're gonna bring up TKO. We're also gonna bring up whether or not that head of UFC <laughs> is a good person or not. So... Um, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs>
0: spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> alert.
2: <laughs> Indeed.
1: Indeed. So... Uh, here's, well, a, here's... And I don't want to make this a Dana bashing session on your first show. But here's how much Dana White... I don't I don't know if I can say disappointed, Tiniere, because you have to have expectations in a person in order to be true. disappointed. Mm-hmm. But true. we're in a place where... For years, the thing I hated the most about Dana as a businessman, as the head of this company, was the fact that he wasn't properly compensating his fighters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's like the third or fourth thing on my list because this dude has done some (laughs) other stuff that I'm like. Just this year um,
0: alone. Just Just this this year year (laughs) alone.
2: Indeed, indeed. Well, we will touch on that and more uh, later on within the podcast. Uh, but we do want to bid you adieu, Nate, and we just thank you for um, again giving us a platform. If you have any final words, I know you always have some some plugs up your sleeve. So, any final words before we let you go?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm starting a new podcast with Dana White. This was all just a swerve, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be called MMA in black and white. (laughs) That's a good name. Took you a while to think like, wait a minute. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. No, like, uh, you know, anything I have to promote, y'all already know. You know, uh, we got the King of Sport right here. We have a Patreon. So uh, if you want to support what we're doing here and what we're trying to do here, uh, sign up for the Patreon, five bucks a month. Uh, get you access to over 200 hours of audio and video. Like Andrew Thompson, the nephew said, uh, you know, you can spend that five dollars on a biggie bag that you ain't gonna remember two hours after you eat it, or on these podcasts and these videos that that that'll keep you laughing and make you think about things and, and give you a different perspective. You know, uh, so the Kings of Sport Patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Sign up for that, please, if you can. Because that also helps us do things like this. You know, it helps us uh, branch out and and, and uh, give, you know, platforms to other folks who need their voices amplified. Uh, also, post-wrestling NWA podcast, dropped a new one uh, a week or so ago, uh, the, the end of the year episode. I don't know who all was there. Um, Ray might have been there. Chinieri might have been there. Rich Fan might have been there. SP3 might have been there. But I know me, Chris, and Andrew was in the building for the last uh, NWA podcast of 2023. And then the last thing I'll promote is uh, Multiverse of Color, which is uh, uh, formerly the DCTV Podcast Networks. It's where I'm a uh, part of the show called The Lituation Room where we talk about comics and movies and TV shows from a Black nerd perspective. Uh, so that's where you can find that. Everything else, at in the number 8, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Cospot on Twitter, K-O-S underscore P-O-D. I need the people, when you hear this episode on Christmas Day, Go to the Twitter. Let, let Ray and Chi Chi know what you thought about the episode, man. I, wa- I really want to see what people say about this. I'm excited for you guys. Uh, if I can leave you any advice, Ray, this is the advice I will, I will leave you. And, and uh, you, can go, you can go out to the full screen now. Go out to the three shot so I can, I can look the maestro in the eye. What I'm giving
0: her,
1: when I'm giving her this I wanna
0: advice.
3: I'm gonna regret it. Yeah, it's too
1: late now. We got 10-day ray and the maestro. The maestro. <laughs> Actually, I love the way Chinier said it though, with, with her accent. It's like the maestro. Like, like you can you can't compete with that 10-day ray. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but I would say a couple things for, for you guys as you start this new uh journey together. Uh, number one, trust your teammate. You know, like it's something I've learned with Marcus and with Chris. Uh, you know, the best conversations come from people that are, you know, just honest and and you know don't hold back, uh, and also give the other person room to space to work. Uh, so, like, if sometimes the show's gonna get silly, sometimes it's gonna get serious. Just go with it, you know. Just enjoy, it. live in the moment of the show, and I think the audience will respond to that. The second thing I would say is, uh, you know, just be consistent. And which is funny coming from me, Ray, because we recorded an episode of the Kings of Sport like three months ago that I still ain't uploaded because of work and everything. <laughs> but, you know, this ain't about me right now. It's about you, brother. Uh, but especially when you're starting something new, uh, consistency is very important because the audience, it, it helps you grow your audience and it helps you grow a community. Because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of black MMA fans, a lot of black boxer fans, a lot of uh, female MMA fans, female boxer fans. Fans that feel underrepresented in the media that they consume, you know, whether it's a podcast or whether it's a TV show or whatever. Uh, so you guys uh, are really doing something here and I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, the last thing I will give you in terms of a word of advice, Chinere and Ray, is have fun with it. Like, don't make it a job. Have fun with it. Like the, the work is serious. The work is important, but the show should be fun. And the mm-hmm. show should be something that you guys look forward to. Like if you're having a bad week, G-G, uh, like, like I don't know a lot about you, but you know, let's say I'm just pulling this out of thin air Ray. Like you got a chair in your office and the, it's missing a screw. And every time you sit down, the chair starts squeaking and it gives you a bad day. And you're like, I hate this stupid chair. Let that show be the one thing in your week. That's like, you know what? I ain't even worried about that chair right now. Cause I'm talking with Ray and we might have a guest on or whatever, whatever. And we are having fun talking about this sport that we love. So, you know, uh, this is your baby the two of you guys like I said this is this is. I'm not going to say this is the last time you'll hear me on Spinning Black Fist but you ain't going to hear me on here for a while because I really want you and uh, Ray to grow and, and, and uh, spread your wings and, and, and as the, the prophet Rick Ross once said, I want you to be amazing together. I want you guys to be great together. So I'm excited everybody, make sure you subscribe to the, to the podcast feed, subscribe to the YouTube, because that's the only place you can get Spinning Black Fist exclusively here on the Kings of Sport.
2: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, once again, we thank you. We appreciate you, Brother Nate, Godfather Extraordinaire Swifty and Hamilton, homie. We appreciate you, brother. And we're gonna bid you adieu. Thanks again, sir. We appreciate
1: you. Hey, you guys have fun. Go be great. And uh, yeah, this 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 the, this the first one, y'all. It's the first one. You listening to history right now with Ten Day Ray
2: and the Maestro?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Indeed, indeed. <laughs>
1: Never, 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 never. A be great. Huh. What's going on, brothers and sisters? It's your man, Fifty Grand, the Godfather, Nate Milton. I want to thank you for listening to this production of the Kings of Sport Podcast Network, and we're just going to take a little brief pause for the cause, really quickly. See, we've been around for 10 years, since 2013. We've been out here on these podcast streets, and we want to keep this thing going. And part of keeping that thing going is by introducing new voices to the network, by introducing new shows to the network, by creating new content on the network. And there's a way that you can help us. Yes, you, listening to this right now. And I know you're saying to yourself, how can I help the Kings of Sport? Well, there's a couple ways you can do that. Way number one, follow us on all of our socials. We talk in Facebook. We talk in Twitter. We talk in YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, and that way you'll be up to date on everything that we drop. Also, share us with your friends. Sharing is caring, and we know y'all care about us. So share the show. Share clips from the show. Share audio from the show with your friends if you feel like this is something that they'd be interested in. The final way you can help us out here is with the Patreon. Yes, you've heard us say it a million times, and you'll probably hear us say it a million times more. $5 gets you in the door. But if you want to pay more, we won't stop you. It's a free country, baby. Yes, for the cost of a quarter tank of gas. For the cost of a book of stamps, for the cost of a cup of coffee, a very, very small cup of coffee at Starbucks, for the cost of a biggie bag, you can show your love to everybody here working hard at the Kings of Sport, and that enables us to not only produce more content, but also, you know, to get content out in a more timely fashion. So, again, we want to thank everybody that's been rocking with us for the past 10 years, and we are so excited to look forward to what is to come. So we thank you so much on behalf of my man, Chris, the professor, on behalf of the nephew, Andrew Thompson, on behalf of 10-Day Ray Williams, on behalf of the maestro, Chinyere Okafor, and on behalf of the silent partner, Brother Light Skin, Marcus Vandenberg. We just thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, let's keep this thing going. Y'all can be. Down with the Kings. And with that, let's get back to the show.
2: thanks again the brother Nate Milton all right Great. well
3: don't you think that was a bit too specific of an example from, from Nate you know which the one no
2: oh yeah <laughs> that
3: was a little bit too specific It might have triggered somebody you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you know brother Nate he always has to be a bit detailed now but <laughs> uh, um We're going to go ahead and move on with the general body of the show. So I think the best way is kind of let's focus on the recent past or recent present, which was UFC 296, and then we can Mm -hmm. work our way back to the year in MMA that it was. So we're going to go ahead and shift on over to UFC 296, where leon edwards successfully defended his ufc welterweight championship against Kobe covington but that was not the story that came out (laughs) from the night um if you guys are following mma if you guys are following ufc you notice that there was a fight within the stands not between two drunk people not between a guy who had just bleed painted on his chest but between two actual ufc fighters we had uh sean strickland who is the current current ufc middleweight champion champion, Mm -hmm. indeed indeed and we had drickis Duplessis, who is the consensus number one contender and these guys uh, and dana white for once in his life actually took responsibility well he took responsibility for another thing but we'll get into that later (laughs) he took responsibility for actually personally seating drickus duplessis and sean strickland near one another and well that didn't turn out the way people wanted or if you're in yeah or if you're in the mind that Any publicity is good publicity. Maybe it turned out the exact way that you want it because Sean Strickton proceeded to as politely shifting out the children of Gilbert Burns, jump over the rail and start throwing punches at Drickus DePlessy and a melee ensued it was broken up and for some reason Craig Jones who is a grappling aficionado was just standing there with an orange bucket hat for some reason <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um Shinieri, Ray, what do did you, you oh did you did you watch the video from
3: like the different angles like I know UFC released like their video right but did you watch the the crowd footage like the different crowd footage?
2: I only I think I only saw the UFC's video.
3: Okay, so um the crowd footage, right? <laughs> is
0: there's mm-hmm.
3: different like angles and all of that and all of that. And it is so crazy it's so crazy because you, you can actually see everything happening from like each angle. And every time you watch a different video, there's something new that you see. And I was just laughing. I was laughing. Oh. Like I couldn't even focus on the, was it, I think it happened right before the co-main I couldn't even focus oh. on the match. Cause I was like, what is happening? Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, well, what,
2: what was one of those things? Well, like what was one of those different things that was happening with the different angles?
3: Um, like Brandon Moreno was right next to uh, Drickus, I think, I or he think was right next that. to, or he was right next to Gilbert Burns's family or something like that. But mm-hmm. like he was right there, and when everything broke out, I think he just kind of scurried off immediately. Like he was just <laughs> like, "I'm not, I'm not involved." Um, and then in the other footage, you can actually see Chito Vera just loving this, loving this mm-hmm. movie that just broke out. And I was just like, "This is just crazy!" Like. Every time there's just something new that you see. And in a, in a different video, you can see like the officials are just standing there and just talking. And then they turn and they see that, oh, these two are like going at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, moving back to the to the actual situation. So <laughs> this this fight week has been a bit more um chaotic than mm-hmm. than most, you know, that we've seen in like recent history. Cause oh my word, bro! Like when they announced that they're bringing back the the seasonal press conferences and all of that. Bro, oh, yeah. At least this time, it was crazy. It was mm-hmm. crazy. I was like, okay, this is gonna be, you know, it's gonna get a bit wild. Yeah, but
0: speaking
2: speaking of Sean Strickland, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he had he had his moments, which, which I'll get into a little bit later. He had his moments within that press conference too. But I'll go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry for interrupting.
3: No, no, no. It's okay. I think actually, you and I should both be on the screen at the same time right oh, now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that. basically, like, I was just—I don't know—that that whole press conference was just a mess, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Sean Strickland, he is—he is very much so like a person who usually targets people, right? Um, but we actually saw him standing up fully on Edwards, which was nice. I, yes. I, I'll give him that. Yes. Um, because what Colby Covington did, yeah. Nah, Ray, Ray, I, you know, now nah, as a as a person who is in the media space, and I'm a, like, a, some might call me a journalist and all of that. So I try my best to not be outwardly, basically, about my feelings about certain fighters. Mm-mm. But Colby Covington, oh my word, oh he annoyed me this week. He annoyed Mm-mm. me to the max. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What What did you think of that entire situation? Um, specifically about Leon Edwards and Colby Covington.
2: Well, I think, um, general consensus, it was in very, very poor taste. And I think that I've seen some videos, um, I believe it was at the official uh, weigh-in where mm. they kind of showed them facing off and Edwards trying to get to him, and you could see Covington mouth the words, I was in character. Mm. You I saw care? that. you don't play around with things like that, especially when it comes to people's families. Um, It's just like, I can see why, like Kobe Covington, he's trying to put on this facade in order to get more eyeballs. But it's just, it's certain things that you don't bring up. And I, I just think that he was the main one when, Leon Edwards at the press conference got offended through the bottle, and then was trying to get up and challenge him. He was the main mm-hmm. one on the microphone talking about this is the uh, this is the ultimate fighting championship, not the ultimate feelings championship. But it's also not the ultimate trash talking <laughs> championship, Kobe. Exactly. If you're going to talk all that junk, you gotta back it up in the ring or back it up in the cage. And when it came to that fight last night, it definitely seemed as though he wasn't willing to fully back it up in the cage. It it seemed as though uh, I saw some reports that he was gun shy a bit. And uh, early on in the fight, he couldn't get the takedowns that he wanted. And even when he could, Leon would just stand right back up. And I think Leon is uh, more developed in his takedown defense and in his uh, wrestling defense and Mm. returning to his, feet than he was a few years ago. I think it showed within that first championship fight against your uh your aforementioned uh one of your aforementioned heroes, Kamaro Usman, it showed that within that first fight, he was pretty much getting dominated for 24 and a half minutes, and then he was able to land a, a brilliant Head kick, but then it showed in the second fight that he was able to develop that defense and he was able to use that to turn around and implement more of his offense. And I think that he's figured out the key to defending that wrestling. He's figured out the key to keep it on its feet. He's figured out a key to pick his opponents apart. And that's pretty much what he did to Kobe last night. Um yeah, but did you see? Yeah
3: did you see that like in his post fight speech right when like he was being all delusional and saying that like that was the easiest fight of his career and he doesn't even have a scratch meanwhile he's bleeding he is
2: bleeding (laughs) oh colby oh yeah
3: (laughs) and mid mid that speech like donald trump is just walking out i was like
2: really donald trump was at this pay-per-view as well
3: yeah he was there like he was there and like colby even went and like greeted him like you know he he came up the steps before he gets into the octagon he goes and he like shakes his hand and he's talking to him and all of that oh, but goodness. trump didn't even like stay to hear his speech where he was busy trying to praise him you know we're gonna make america great again all of that yeah. trump was like
0: he was, gone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was like this is right
0: mm-hmm.
3: so yeah nah but mm-hmm. um Honestly, I, I I wanted Leon Edwards to knock him out.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I saw a tweet online, right? Or oh, uh, an ex post. I think that's what we call it now. Yeah. I saw an ex, a, a post on ex, rather, where someone was like, um, after, who was it? Someone got knocked out and they were like convulsing on the thing. Bryce Mitchell got knocked out and he was just, he was not in a proper state. It was right. very scary to see, right?
0: Hmm.
3: Um. And someone tweeted and they were like, all we need now is for Colby Covington to be in the same position. Now, I'm I'm not saying that that's what I wanted. I'm not I'm not saying that's what I wanted. But mm. I was like, you know what, Nate? I'd be happy if he knocks him out.
2: <laughs> I, I would.
3: <laughs> I would be very happy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. And I, I think uh, again, I think that's that was pretty much the intention of his character. Is like, it's it's not enough that. Why can't you be more like a Brandon Moreno, where he's nice and that's his personality, and people are drawn to that? But no, people think I gotta be the villain in order for people to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. And though that's the thing, I I kind of came Not up in my ahead. head. Oh, go ahead.
3: Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You can go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say I kind of came up my in my head, especially after that encounter. Um, in Florida, that Kobe had with Jorge Masvidal, that I, I just think Kobe is a Karen in maga clothing, and <laughs> it's just he he talks a good game, but then if someone is trying to check him on that talk, he's like, "Where's the manager? Where are the police? Oh, help <laughs> me, please!" Oh. And so, but I, I I think he's a a great fighter. He's a great wrestler. He uses his wrestling well, and but it's just. When people figure that out, like I said, when Leon is able to figure that out and get back to his feet and keep it in his domain, what are you going to do? And Kobe didn't have many answers, so.
3: Um, I think, um, first of all, I'm a fan of villains. I am a major fan (laughs) of villains because, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. So I Mm. love me, I love someone who can get on there and talk talk trash basically right but Mm -hmm. in the same breath i'm not a fan of people who get nasty
0: um, Mm -hmm. about
3: things that they really really don't need to you don't really like he could have he could have honestly just gotten out there and said something else right he could have trash talked him whatever you know talk about his his washed up or whatever whatever he didn't need to go there like yeah so that was a lot but Onto more positive things, I'm just grateful that we have Leon Edwards as the still champion, you know. Because now that UFC London card, oh my god,
0: <laughs> like oh, having yeah. two
3: champions, that is going to be electrifying.
2: Mm. Yeah, because it, it's it's Leon, and then oh yeah, Tom Maspero. Yeah, just, yeah. So oh, that would be that would be a a great card, especially in London. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. That might be, that may be in the future. Um, but Go shifting ahead. gears. Oh, yep.
3: But do you think Tom Aspinall is going to beat John Jones to become undisputed?
2: Well, the thing is, John Jones has to fight <laughs> in order to be beaten. <laughs> and I don't know And I think this was one of the topics that I kind of had on our uh, run sheet. Um, I don't know if he's going to return because he only came back for one fight um, uh, to beat uh, my man from France. Mm -hmm. And it's just. Why do you think he might be tired? I don't know for sure because he might be looking for that big money fight with uh, Francis maybe or, or not even with Stepe I, I think he may still have Francis on the mind even though he's still like contractually ob- obligated with the UFC but even with Stepe I think whatever John Jones I think whoever is his last fight whether it be with Stepe or whether it be with Tom Aspinall I think that's going to be his final fight in the UFC like hands down
0: yeah um, I think he
3: really does want that Francis Ngano fight because if he leaves, like if he retires without ever fighting Francis, there's always going to be a debate. You know, mm -hmm. there's always going to be a debate that Francis is better than you. And so I feel like John Jones is the type to actually try to, you know, dissuade us off that and be like, listen, here, let me show you guys who's the GOAT. Um,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And that'll be amazing for us as the fans.
2: (laughs) It really would. It really would. Um, So. Shifting gears, we're gonna go ahead and um unlike I think most MMA podcasts might be talking about, other than uh John Pollock and Eric Marcotte with their UFC 296 wrap up. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the main uh the co-main event, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure again, it was not Sean Strickland versus <laughs> Dricus Duplessis, uh, despite what public uh opinion might say it was actually uh, alexandre patoja defeating brandon roy Vaugh to defend his usc uh flyweight championship mm. have so many divisions but um <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i haven't cared about the usc flyweight division since demetrius johnson left <laughs> So I want to know, do you have? I mean, I kind of noticed like Davidson Figueredo, and his back and forth with Brandon Moreno. Yeah. But ever since yeah, then, I, no I, I hmm? that was a lot.
3: I was like, yeah. okay, wrap it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and there weren't as as far as I knew, as far as I look back, um, there weren't very many finishes, at least on the main card. I think there was that that one. Uh, submission where uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson got uh, tapped out. Yeah, uh, Chef Cat, Chef Cat, yeah, yep, I think it's Shop Cat. Don't, don't ask me the last name.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <think> no. <laughs> God, uh,
2: <laughs> defeating uh, Wonderboy by submission. And I think, I think you mentioned uh, Brandon Roy or not Brandon, but um. The one who was convulsing who got knocked out. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell. I think that was on the main card as well. But I think um most of the finishes were on the um prelims. prelims and the undercard. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I do know is it, it was a pretty long card. Um <laughs> but um yeah, those are Matt our thoughts. Coleman. Oh yeah.
3: Coleman, um Like I said, I was very distracted um, because I'm busy following this Drickus and Sean Strickland situation.
2: Mm.
0: But
3: um, I did watch it. I was very excited for the fight, right? Because I was like, I feel like Pantoja hasn't been getting um, a lot of love. You know what I mean? Because he defeated Brandon Moreno, and clearly that wasn't the popular Thing you know like people don't want that decision and so when it happened i kind of felt sad for him because i remember he was even like in his post-fight speech he was like why are you guys booing me because people were booing him um but i felt like this was going to be his crowning moment and it's kind of a shame that everything else kind of overshadowed that fight but um i'm gonna have to go rewatch it obviously (laughs) but it is one of those things where uh, i think they went the distance right
2: Yes, yes, all five rounds from what I saw, yes.
3: Yeah, all five rounds. And I think that was a rematch for them too. So that was their second meeting. I forgot Mm -hmm. who won the first fight, but that was their second meeting. Um, Flyweight division, I think I definitely do agree with you. There there is something that's not quite clicking in the flyweight division. I'm not saying scrap it. Please do not scrap the flyweight division. (laughs) But there is something that... uh, I don't know. I don't know whether they need to have they been signing new people. I think they have. I think they have. Maybe they just need to break into those rankings a little bit more, open it up a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: um yeah. Yeah. I-, I hope we don't get another trilogy or four fights with, you know, um Pantoja and Royval. Royval. It's okay. <laughs> we don't need to, we don't need to do all that.
2: <laughs> that's the thing. And I think that's I think that's kind of why it seems like this division is at a slog because we've had so many like we've had what what was it four fights between Brandon Moreno and and Davis and, yeah. and now you're having two fights with uh Brandon Rovell and um Pantoja and so it's kind of like are these the only four people in the division? It's like <laughs> I think they do need some some new blood and like you said I think with the development from of course, Dan and White's contender series, and from looking on the regional circuit as well. But the only thing is that I don't know if there are 125ers who are actually out there putting themselves out there. Like, of course, you see like the Ian Machado Garys who would just mm. jump off the page, you see the Patty Pimblets who just jump off the page. I don't know right now if there are any 125ers who necessarily jump off the page like they do.
3: Yeah. Like like you were saying with Demetrius Johnson, he had a certain um, element to him where he comes on screen and you know that this is somebody to watch out for. This is somebody to care about type of thing. And so maybe right now we are lacking that in the, in the flyweight division. Uh, I think Mourinho was probably the best that we had, but I don't know. I don't know what was not clicking, but um, shameless plug, right? <laughs> Here on the African continent, we have... EFC right extreme mm-hmm. fighting championship
0: mm-hmm. and
3: the flyweight division here is actually one of the best wow. um, like some of the best fighters in the EFC are in the flyweight division. So I'm just saying, you know, like if ever they want to like, you know, look, look into getting new talent, this would be a great place for them to look into, you know, um, yeah. give them a chance on the Dana White um, contender series. And then let's see how we can maybe shake that division up a little bit. Um but yeah, man, I think also they just need to become a bit more confident. I think what we need, actually Ray, I don't know. Tell me if you agree with this. I think what we need in the in the flyweight division is a trash talker. Because right <laughs> now it seems like all of them are nice guys or like they're oh, kind of just chilling. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think so. I think. And like I said, I think that was kind of what I was alluding to as far as someone who jumps off the page. But again, you don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. in your words nasty. Um, You could you could still talk trash and you could still be respectful and you could still be kind of civil. But like put yourself out there. You, You don't have to. And, and I used to hate it when fighters would be like, well, I'm just going to let my fighting speak for it oh.
0: <laughs> I hate it's it. like,
2: no, bro, if you want to be a brand, like if you want to go out there and not just be famous in like fight circles, but also kind of think about your career outside of the cage, like you got to put yourself out there somehow. Like you don't have to be a Connor, You don't have to be mm. – um, uh, Colby in order to put yourself out there and in an order to have eyeballs on you. DC. We just talked about it before, like Daniel Cormier, he, he's a great dude. Like he has his moments when he needs to talk trash, or at least he had his moments during his fight career. But the dude's a lovable dude. And people mm. gravitate to that man. And that's why he's successful in his ventures outside of fighting right now. So I think like you can still you can still be respectful while mm. also promoting yourself in a certain way and also getting yourself out there. Because, again, um closed mouths don't get fed. If you're not true, if, if you're not. Going out there and saying, oh, I'm just going to keep doing the work and I don't have any call-outs, I'm not going to call out anybody. Well, then you're just going to be struggling on the outside until you finally get like a 10 or 11 fight win streak. <clears throat> Benio Darius. <clears throat> and, then, <laughs> and then when you're put in that situation and then one loss can derail you and put you all the way in the back of the line again. So I think – Go ahead, promote yourself, speak up for yourself, but you can also be respectful while doing it. So,
3: you know who I just remembered actually who's in that division that actually can like speak and is. I think the last time though that he did get on the microphone, I think he kind of uh, pissed off a few people, but um, Manel Cape, Manel Cape.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Cowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, so he's maybe somebody that could help lift the division because. We need more people to be talking, you know? Oh, so yeah. definitely.
2: And he's from uh, Senegal or Cameroon? Or... Is he from Africa?
3: Is he, he is from Africa. <laughs> Angola.
2: <laughs> Angola. Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> and, and it it'd be, I mean, that's why we're Afrocentric. It would be nice to have, you know. Some some folks, <laughs> our complexion who are in there in the top, <laughs> but yeah, he did say some similar things. Like, um, yeah, he did he did fly off the handle. And you
0: remembering
3: it? It's called it's all coming back now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it kind of and we we mentioned uh, Sean Strickland before. He he said some uh, similar things in that first Similar yeah. words, I should say. It's like uh, you got to tone it down just a little bit. But I do like the spirit, brother. But you mm. just got to tone it down just a bit. Um, well, I think, unless you have any more thoughts on 296, any more uh, thoughts?
3: Um, Prelims were, were lit. Main I card heard. was a bit more, I don't know. I don't know. Ray, actually, please tell me. Uh-huh. Um, from other promotions, right, that maybe you've gone to and witnessed events live at, you know, mm-hmm. Do you find that the prelim card usually tends to provide or to produce better fights than the main card?
2: Mm. Well, that's a really good question. I think it depends on the card because, you know, nowadays with USC just being oversaturated, it's just like, and, and you know this as well, Chi Chi, that it's a, it's almost a card every single week.
0: And yeah. It's, kind oh. of
2: like, <laughs> it's like you're you're kind of watering down that, that main card. And then you do have like these sneaky good prelims that are, are really good. But then when you get to the main events or you get to the main card and the feature bouts, it's kind of like it's more of a slaw. That kind of that kind of crossed my mind when I was at uh, PFL's world championship. Um flakes, flex, flakes, flex, flakes. Humble rag, humble I, I mean I had to buy my own ticket though. So. <laughs> um,
3: Soon enough you're gonna get in that media pause though. It's okay.
2: It's okay. I wish I, I wish I could have got in there. Um but I, it, I think it was a similar thing. I think the um undercard or the the non-televised prelims were a, mm. a bit more bit more exciting especially there was a um there was a championship fight um I think it was right before the main card started it, it was a, a tournament final that happened and I believe that was either 125 or 135 mm-hmm. and the guy just just he was he was just knocking him. well first we had um one of the Ali Walsh boys, uh grandson. Yeah, Biagio. And yeah, he he that that was exciting. He he just floored that guy. But then um we also and who those who don't know, uh you say Menaggio? Biagio. Biagio, B-I,
0: yeah.
2: hmm Biagio Ali Walsh, who's the grandson of Muhammad Ali, if you if you've been living under a rock, wanna not if not the greatest, one of one of the greatest uh, boxers of all time. Um, yeah. He has one grandson who fights strictly with boxing with uh, Nico, and he yeah. has another grandson, Biagio, who fights in the PFL. And I believe still an amateur least, also. Exactly, which kind of boggled my mind. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that PFL was actually doing well. I guess special circumstances. Uh, of course, if you're going to have the grandson of the greatest, of course, you're going to have him on your card. You're not going to have like Joe Blow, who's like five and one on your, on your card, on your prelim card if he doesn't have a name. So, but, um, yeah, that was a really exciting fight. And like I said, it was, I believe it was for either the featherweight or the bantamweight championship. That was also another, um, that was another banger, and I believe that ended by knockout in the second round as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, those prelims were really good. But then we got to the main card, and I was just and and again, this is why it was not a flex in <laughs> Chi. <Chi-chi. laughs> I didn't have a seat. I was in the standing room only section, <laughs> and I was oh, standing damn. the entire time from the first prelim to the uh, last fight, which had uh, Olivier. Bon uh, defending yeah. successfully defending his uh championship, his welterweight championship. Um, but yeah, I think, and even that was kind of like a slog, even you had, um, you had my girl who returned, um, judoka. Oh, I don't know what why I'm on that was not. I love him. The one who called out, she called out Chris Cyborg. She's a Olympic gold medalist in judo. Blonde.
3: I know you're doing, but now, but the name is not coming. <laughs> it's not coming to me. All
2: uh, right, please don't kill us in the comments, or don't don't kill us. <laughs> it's, <laughs> gonna to me. it's gonna come. It's gonna come to me. In fact, uh, I'm 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 trying to stop myself from looking on, <laughs> from uh, pulling up the. uh, wikipedia and looking around but it's gonna come to me larissa
3: larissa was fighting her larissa pancheco right
2: no larissa pancheco larissa pancheco fought her in the past and i think beat her and then she came back and she was oh she was fighting aspen ladd Oh, someone's the
3: way gone. you're remembering everyone else's names, but I know, it's
0: like,
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like everything else is popping up. Oh, it's gonna come to me, but eventually, <laughs> even, yes, it even that was a slog. I mean, it wasn't a slog, it was pretty much a domination on her part, but it's just like everything was going to the distance. There weren't many finishes, even Pacheco, which her fight was really exciting. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's just a slog. But, again, I think that's what you get with when you put on a main card and if it's, like, a proper main card, like, you got the cream of the crop facing one another. And so I think they're expecting it, even if they're not expecting a finish right away, they're expecting each fight to be exciting. Yeah. Um And sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. and But – with the prelims, you're just putting guys together and then all of a sudden you got like a banger. you got a three round like bloodbath with just people just going at it and like everybody's on their feet and they're like, Do you know that guy's name? No, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like I, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest thing, Chi Chi, is that yeah, you have the best of the best going up against each other, and it's kind of it's going to be a bit of a slog. Either one fight's going to be a bit of a slog, or yeah. it's either going to be like all-out war against one another. And so, I, th- I think you're taking a chance, especially. Or and you also got to think about styles making fights. We hear that saying all the time: mm-hmm. styles making fights. Um, with a Colby. He wants to wrestle, get the fight to the ground. With Leon, he wants to pick you apart from the feet. So it's like, is Colby going to engage enough and get in there? We saw that he was a bit timid, and then like Leon was just picking him apart. So I think it's the style, the the matchmaking and the styles-making fights and also having the best come at one another – as opposed to in the prelims where you're just matching up folks so that they can have a bout that night. So, yeah, I, I um, think that all makes a difference.
3: I've been to, so the only promotion that I've actually attended events from is EFC, right?
2: Oh,
0: okay. and
3: first of all, I love the atmosphere at these live events. I love it. I love being in the, the feeling of, oh no, actually I'm lying, I've been to some boxing events also and one time I sat right there by the ring, like as part of media, you know I was like, let me sit right there by the ring you know, ringside and all of that the amount of blood splatter that I had on me, I was like, never again am I doing that (laughs) but anyway, that's that's besides the point Um, when it comes to MMA events right, what I've seen at EFC and what I'm starting to pick up on when it comes to like, for example the UFC, is that I think the prelim fighters are a bit more hungry. They're a bit more like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my name is the one that's out there. I want to make sure that I'm the person that people are talking about. And because usually like here at EFC, the, the prelim card is cannot miss action. Like you have to be there because it's mm-hmm. it's just proper. So that's why I was just asking because I'm wondering if, if that's just a thing that I'm seeing or, have, have, you know, the prelim fighters been the ones who have been, like, putting on... I don't want to say that they're carrying the show on their back, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think so. Mm. I, I, I think, of course, you got those guys who are trying to make their way up to the main card, and and they they are. I think it is that they're hungrier. Um, But you, you also got guys like a Cody Garbrandt who... Mm. And, again... But that was on the prelims as well, I believe. Yeah, so it was. Um, so I did yeah, you see I his shin. His what? His chin? His shin.
3: Like oh, did you no. see how his shin looked after the match?
2: No. Like,
3: it was yeah, it was it was not it was not cute. Pretty Let pretty me good. just put it like that. <laughs> it, really yeah, it was a lot. I was like, oh my god. And he, how is the was men taking, fight it? Huh? Uh, he,
2: he was taking a lot of leg kicks
3: i guess so i guess uh, so
2: um
3: because like when they zoomed in on it i was like okay what are you guys like looking at you know whatever but then when i saw the pictures like the actual stills of it um and it's just swollen and i was like okay and he was just standing there like not even like i've been tears Ray. i don't know about you but i'm a cry baby so i'll
0: be <laughs> <in> tears <laughs>
2: Well, that's the thing, I I guess it's that adrenaline and uh, I'm guessing he's glad it didn't last much longer with him being able to pick up that knockout. But, yeah, uh, it's a it's a tough sport. Like we we love it, but um, it's a tough sport on the body and tough sport mentally as well with with all the work that it takes to actually get into the cage. Yeah, So Mm -hmm. we, we applaud everybody who steps in the cage even you Kobe called even though you talking. even man, you yeah you
0: know?
2: <laughs> so um we're going to go ahead uh, shift gears and talk about kind of the the year that was within this lovely sport that we all treasure and adore um wanted to bring up some of the big stories that kind of happened and i think Brother Nate alluded to a couple of them, and I think we'll, we'll go ahead. Well, first, we'll start with some praise. We'll start with some good stuff before <laughs> before we get into um, the critiques that we have for certain people. Let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with the brother Francis Ngannou, betting on himself, not limiting himself to what the UFC thought he was, but like actually believing in himself that knowing that I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to get this boxing fight with Tyson Fury. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go to PFL. I'm going to lift them up as well. And for right now, it's paying off dividends. So what are your thoughts on the good brother, your 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 fellow Continentian uh, brother, Francis Ngano?
3: First of all, Francis was, um, you know, when, when they had the whole – three African Kings thing happening Mm. in the UFC, I was happy. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he left um, the UFC, I was like, okay, um, let's see what you do next. And, you know, signed with PFL. So I was like, okay, get that bag, you know, and all of that. And it seems like they're going to be doing a PFL Africa thing for us. So I'm excited. Um, And then he was talking about, you know, fighting Tyson Fury and I was like, I'm not sure because, you know, that's kind of your debut. You know what I mean? Like, don't you want to start with somebody who's a bit like, I don't know, less experienced, maybe? Maybe not a champion. (laughs) Um, I I certainly had my doubts. I'm not even going to lie. I love Francis, Mm -hmm. but I had my doubts. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is bad. Um, But he went out there and he proved us wrong. He proved me wrong. I was Mm -hmm. left in the dust. I looked at that. You remember that iconic picture where... He's standing over Tyson Fury. Mm
0: -hmm. I was like,
3: Francis is really him, hey? Mm He's him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yo. So I was super proud and I was very happy about that. And that right there, there is a lesson for us to never doubt anybody who says that they can do something. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I, I was just mesmerized by that performance. And he clearly dominated. And he definitely is the champion. At least in our eyes, so
2: indeed. You're you're our champion, Francis. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, Kayla Harrison—that's the name <laughs> I was trying to. Pronounce.
3: It came to you.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, I I will neither confirm or deny where I, whether I had to look that up or not. Um, <laughs> but yes, Francis, I, I'm so proud for the brother, and uh, I know Ariel Helwani, who's been who's a MMA journalist, an MMA um, media personality, has been speaking with Francis a lot, especially after he left the UFC. And so it, it's good on Francis uh, go ahead and show that there are other avenues outside of it. Because as we know, the UFC, they, they want their fighters to believe that it's all about the brand and it's not about them in particular. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're seeing... Um, whether it comes to a Conor McGregor or whether it comes to a Francis and who is kind of putting up that blueprint.
0: Mm. And
2: again, you gotta, you gotta speak up and promote yourself in order to put yourselves in situations that they are now, they still had to do the work and they still had to win. And of course, Francis is the uncrowned USC champion um, and now he's the uncrowned uh universal boxing heavyweight champion of the world um uh, regardless he what,
3: knows that he didn't win that he knows yeah,
2: he regardless of what the uh scorecards say. but um yeah i and i think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the future um I know they got to if they want p f l and especially with another topic that I guess we could go ahead and transition into right now and kind of tie Francis into it uh, as well. The merger of PFL and Bellator. Like I I think with that merger, um, I think there's going to bring um, quite a few good contenders for Francis. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this is going to be in a level of actually, Putting him together because I think they're going to do, and even then, like you got people and at that PFL card, you got pretty much everybody calling out Francis. You got the the Brazilian who won the tournament calling out Francis. I believe there was another heavyweight or Ryan Bader or Ryan Bader was trying to call out. the new heavyweight champion from PFL. But that brother was like, no, I'm I'm thinking about Francis. (laughs) I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about that payday, that $1 million that he's guaranteeing (laughs) anybody who fights him. So um, I think he does have a a lot of, a lot of cachet right now. The only thing is, can he keep that going throughout the year? Um, Whether it be with fighting in, PFL or whether it be in fighting in Bellator mm-hmm. uh, be another boxing match, maybe a rematch against Tyson. We might see I uh, mean bronze bomber uh, fight him as well. So it, there's a, a lot of, a lot of different directions that Francis c- can go right now. I'm just intrigued as to how he's going to go about them all.
3: Yeah, I think, also, um, Tyson Fury was playing. He was playing in Francis Ngannou's face, and I hated that he was playing in his mm-hmm. face. Like, why are you putting a fight before you even fight me? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm just glad yeah, that, he that. yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad that he actually won that fight. And Francis is literally showing these fighters that the UFC is not the end all be all. Hey, exactly. um, it's not where you need to be at, and the grass is greener on the other side. Yep. So yeah, like, cause cause he's living his best life right now. You know what I mean?
2: Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And again, we'll go ahead and fully transition into that merger situation happening with the PFL and with Bellator. Um, we mm-hmm. do have them coming together. They announced that they're going to have their championship series in which all the champions from, Both promotions are going to eventually fight one another next Mm. year. Um, What do you think about this merger? We already got other fighters who were formerly with Bellator now signing with UFC. You mentioned UFC not being the end-all, be-all, but now you got a Michael Venom Page who's signing with UFC, and it looks like he's going to have a fight coming up with um, Kevin Holland in Miami. Mm. So what do you think about... this this combination of PFL and Bellator, as Dana White said, and one one expletive organization coming together with another expletive organization?
3: I think, honestly, um, both promotions, both Bellator and PFL will benefit. Bellator needed to be saved. I don't want to use that word in Mm -hmm. in a negative manner, but they needed to be helped. Let me put it like that. They needed to be helped. PFL could use the the expertise and the the legacy of Bellator. And so I think it's going to be beneficial. And like, cause I didn't really know all the details if I'm being quite honest, but now that you're mentioning, for example, that they're trying to make the championship, the champions of each promotion face each other.
0: Mm-hmm. That is
3: going to be amazing. That is going to be amazing. It's kind of like what we saw in wrestling, right? Where um, these promotions are coming together and they're like working together for the betterment of the sport. So I feel like it's the same thing happening here where MMA is only going to get better because these two promotions are coming together and they're like, okay, let's see how we can work together and build up together. Um, I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited because PFL is really, really coming up slowly, but surely they are coming up and they are, you know, now that they've acquired Bellator, I think they can firmly be counted as the number two organization like now like you know so I'm here for it um I feel like UFC is kind of doing the same thing that WWE does um I'm seeing a lot of parallels which is which is why they probably teamed up we're kind of like looking at these other ones like oh no they're not a threat, whatever 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 but but oh, really? but come on <laughs> come on um, surely you have to have a little bit of concern and competition is healthy I'm, I'm yes. all for competition
0: yes. uh,
3: let's not have a monopoly you know what I mean Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's have different promotions where fighters can also strive to be in those promotions because not everyone's going to make it to the UFC so and if you are at the top of a promotion that's not UFC you still do deserve to be considered one of the best so mm-hmm. they should all be on even playing ground but yeah, I don't know. What what do you think of that um, coming together? Those two promotions. Are you excited, or do you feel like could cause problems for the UFC?
2: Well, I, I, I'm 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 moderately excited. I, I think that it, um, it will help to have because now, and it's always been the knock either on Bellator or on PFL separately. Well, you guys aren't facing world-class competition like that. Well, now you're putting them together and you're mm-hmm. having their world-class competition. Um, they had several fighters from Bellator who were at um, the event, that event in November, that year-end event. You had uh, Patricio Pitbull who went off the face-off against the PFL champion. You had mm-hmm. Joshua Jackson, the welterweight champion, and Bell- Bellator there to face off. So I think... Without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to get fantastic fights. I just want to see if this is going to kind of be because, and you also still have UFC, who I think still partially owns PFL. So, or not UFC, but ESPN. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I think ESPN, who uh, I think partially owns PFL, and who has some stake. Into PFL, so I think with them merging, I think that uh, that'll be an easy transition for Bellator to actually find a TV partner as well, um, yeah. because with Paramount Plus and with Showtime, it, it, it was was not clicking. <laughs>
3: We're not pulling the numbers that they could.
2: Mm-mm. Not at all. And I think like ever since Bellator lost Spike, I think it kind of been. Their numbers have been dwindling down and uh, every now and then you would see them on CBS sports network and I would catch them on there. But then when they exclusively went to showtime, it just seems like the numbers were plummeting. As you said, like they kind of did need to be saved. So I I think that it's going to be beneficial for them in the long run as far as finding a TV partner. We're going to get excellent fights. We get, Kayla Harrison calling out uh, Cyborg now and because a lot of people are saying, oh, Kayla, she's ducking um, high-class competition or world-class competition because she had her contract go up with PFL. She could have been a free agent and she could have left and then faced Cyborg even earlier or she could have left and went to the UFC. But um, Mm. now you're actually going to see like high-class competition. And it's not like you weren't seeing it before. It's just like the competition within the weight class is were more top-heavy than anything. So yeah. I think I'm really excited to see what kind of fights they put together. Um, but I'm also kind of intrigued to see those who are like MVP who end up jumping ship. Like, do we yeah. see other fighters who are going to end up jumping ship? Do we see... And Malay, McFarland, who I would love to see in the UFC. Um, do you see other fighters from Bellator or even PFL who are championship? Do you see more people who are at one championship or outside who were kind of considering, who were thinking that UFC was that end all be all? Do they actually <clears throat> do they actually consider, like you said, a strong alternative in mm. this? merger between PFL and Bellator. Do they consider them as them being an option as well? So I, I think it's it's good news for now. Um we just gotta see how it plays out.
3: Yeah it's all about it's all down to the execution now.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And from one merger to another let's go <laughs> ahead uh, perfect segue. <laughs> exactly uh, another uh fine a fine illusion or foreshadowing by yourself, queen, queen, maestro, maestro.
3: queen of sport, not not just any queen. Before people come for me, I'm not just any (laughs) queen. I'm the queen of sport, please, thanks. queen of sport.
2: (laughs) Um, Yes, let's go into this TKO, this UFC-WWE merger. Um, Or I think they don't refer to it as much as it being a merger, but just like, uh, kind of like yeah it's a merger let's just call it merger <laughs> is they they're going through these synergies where they want one person in each position but um as far as like behind the scenes so um with endeavor incorporating usc and wwe my big question is how do we see kind of like the relationship between the both kind of affect one another within the long term. What are your thoughts? Well, how do you think, I, I know I've been hearing maybe on Saturday have a UFC card, yeah. on Sunday have a WWE yeah. uh, pay-per-view or a PLE PLE, um, or at WrestleMania weekend have UFC on uh, maybe Friday night or Saturday night and then have night one and night two of WrestleMania or something like that. How do you think that we're going to see that cohesion between the two come on come together as we go into 2024
3: um first of all i heard about that whole thing the plan that they have you know or like the idea that they were toying with with regards to like smackdown on friday um ufc on a saturday then wwe PLE on a on a sunday mm-hmm. i've been enjoying having ple's on saturdays right even though sometimes mm-hmm. i have to pick between the ple and a fight night But usually, it's just a fight night. Um, Very rarely would you find that it's a WWE PLE going up against a UFC pay-per-view. It's usually just a UFC fight night, right? And so then I I don't have to struggle with picking. I enjoy having my Sundays free, um, especially because uh, this side, we are, well, currently, we're currently like seven hours ahead of Eastern time here in South Africa, which means that events start at 3 a.m., Mm. Right, and that's a Monday morning. If they go back to Sundays for WWE P- PLE, sorry, that means that it's three AM on a Monday morning that I have to wake up and watch some wrestling. And oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> not. But like I think they will clash. Honestly, if they do try to, I like them running separately. I'll, I'll just put it like that. I like them having their own autonomy with regards to how they work and all of that. Cause I understand in terms of like, maybe if they do it like once a once a year, twice a year, maybe even four times a year, whatever, where they just come together and they just do something where it's like, um, a combat sports weekend or a, a TKO weekend, but I don't want it to become a regular thing. Cause they will clash already. We have so much wrestling or just from WWE themselves. We have a lot throughout the week. And if UFC is now trying to also find a way around that, it might become a bit much, you know. Um, but that's just how I feel personally. I, I, I like the idea of the merger and I already heard about like how um I think they said WWE is the one that actually set them up with uh, Saudi Arabia for the event that's happening the UFC event that's happening there next year. Mm-hmm. So WWE actually helped them with that because you know WWE they got that connection there. So they can definitely benefit like that and, you know, advertising on each other's things because there are fans who are going to enjoy both, you know, or there might be fans who will will be like, oh, let me check that out also, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But like for now, I think they should just keep doing what they're doing. Obviously still work together and be a family and be all of that, but just work separately. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
3: my preference. (laughs) I don't know though. What about you, Ray? Am Am I... Am I out of pocket or what?
2: Now I feel I feel in a similar position as you. Um, I do think that it would be good to have like a little specialty like once a year, but mm. it's uh, I, and I know it's got to be held logistically if you want to do all that on a regular basis, like a, a monthly basis. That that is not going to be ideal at all. Like just having that, I mean, it might be a little bit more manageable if you do it within the same venue or within the same city. But I'm sure that's going to be hell for just everybody behind the scenes as far as like TV production and getting everything ready and things like that. So, and uh, like you, I'm, I love my Sundays, just having, just <laughs> relaxing. I'm a school teacher. So on a school night, I need to be in bed. At a certain time, and I've really been loving, um, really been loving these PLEs on a Saturday and just being able to stay up if I need to stay up. And I I also watch them as at a delay so I can have some buffer with my fast forward with my recording. So um, it gives me uh, a little bit of that time on a Saturday night because I don't have any life. I I don't go out. I don't party. I'm an old man. Uh, Cheat, cheat. Uh, I'm a I young
3: girl just, and I have the same life. Let me tell you. <laughs> right, well, um, I'm,
2: glad, I'm glad we could find, we could find some synergy. We could, <laughs> we could find some commonalities, but yeah, I, I want to be in a bed at a certain time. Even if I know it, like I treat myself or like, Oh, it's a PLE. I can stay up till 11 or whatever. I'll do that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for to do that on a regular basis and to be like, Oh, now I got to do it on Saturday. And Sunday it's like, uh, like it's hard enough having WrestleMania being yeah. two days now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I it's a lot shorter than it was when it was all on that Sunday, but yeah. um, and it's like, oh, I gotta catch up, and it's like, oh, it's getting close to my bedtime and stuff. Um, <laughs> but in regards, I think there are other, I think we can also see other kind of coming together or or other, like, different ways that both the UFC and the WWE can kind of come together and have maybe some of their fighters on, like, UFC fighters on WWE programming or WWE wrestlers or superstars on UFC programming? Is there anyone specifically, like, is there a fighter that you would love to see kind of, shift gears and kind of transition into pro wrestling is there a pro wrestler who and i don't know if this would be possible Hmm? (laughs) oh my goodness well i i I think he's already making his case for that now yeah (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) but uh i I definitely do think that there are a few Uh, i remember writing up a list about this actually at some point like earlier on this year and now I can't remember even a single one of them. But
0: <laughs>
3: mm. yeah. Also, like you see what I just now with um then possibly talking about having a UFC pay, like event, not even a pay per view, just any event, um during WrestleMania weekend. No
0: really?
3: <laughs> I don't want that at all.
0: <laughs> at all.
3: I I am saying no. Firmly, firmly yeah. I'm saying no on that. Um WrestleMania Week is for wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where they, wrestling thrives that's the showcase of wrestling we don't need and I like the way next year is set up actually in that we have um, Wrestlemania on the weekend of the 6th to the 7th of April Mm -hmm. and then the following weekend it's UFC 300 so it's going to be their biggest event of the year does that make sense and Mm -hmm. so it's going to be kind of like we're going from the wrestling week to the MMA week and I feel like if they can find ways to do that that would work out a lot better than than them trying to, like, maybe force situations where, you know, both MMA and wrestling take place on the same weekend and all of that. Um, Let's rather just, you know, keep it separate. But um, with regards to fighters who could cross over to UFC, I'm not sure, actually. I feel like it's a bit easier for us to picture fighters, like UFC fighters, crossing over to WWE. I don't know. What do you think, Ray?
2: That's what I was thinking. I, I, I think... Because when I kind of when I was speaking it out, I was like, well, it's gonna be hard unless you already have some combat mm-hmm. sports background, it's gonna be hard to try transition into UFC. um I mean, only ones I could possibly think of maybe maybe Gable if he yeah. wants to go into mm-hmm. that round, um maybe uh one of the Creed boys, like Brutus. Um. Um. I don't think they're going to have a super heavyweight division for Otis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um,
0: yeah,
2: no. But as far as fighters transitioning to WWE, um, of course, you can always go with, like, all the personalities. You can, like you mentioned, Colby. Uh, you mm-hmm. can go with a sugar show, uh, Sean O'Malley. Um, you can go with... I think
3: Kevin Holland would also do really well. That's what... His that personality. popped up in my head
2: too. Mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Holland. Um, of course, Daniel Cormier being maybe a commentator for WWE, I think, would be a great fit. I, mm-hmm. I think that would be an awesome fit. Um,
3: don't let Conor really get near the WWE ring, though, oh, because Lord. them WWE wrestlers don't like him.
2: Uh, <laughs> with, with the Billy Strut and everything, just walking <laughs> around the place. Um, you didn't you did make a solid point about whether or not they would combine them both because that had me thinking, oh, crap, UFC does have an entire like fight week where mm. fighters come in and they go into the hotel and they're training and then they have the weigh-ins and everything. It's like all that combined with like WrestleMania week, like that would, would be chaotic not, mm-mm.
3: and that not would, the good chaotic.
2: <laughs> and then you're you're gonna have like I think uh, John Pollock mentioned on one of his uh, podcasts you're gonna have MMA fans like MMA fans and pro wrestling fans are like not the same unless you like both mm-hmm. you're in the like you're in the That that Venn diagram, like little, like Like you and I, exactly, like (laughs) Like, you and I, like right there in the middle of that Venn diagram, like they're they're pretty much complete opposites when it comes to like the fan base. And and you know,
3: you know, MMA fans, they stay shitting on wrestling fans. Oh my word!
2: (laughs) It's not real fighting. You know, real. Um, Oh tell me about it but yeah yeah just having those two fan bases like for an entire week around yeah I I don't see any good things like you said uh, not the good kind of chaotic happening with Mm -hmm. that but I do I would love to see like you said that back to back week like have it yeah like you said the granddaddy of the wrestling events happening and then you're going right into like the granddaddy or like the, the WrestleMania of UFC pretty much, mm. which is their, their double zero events, like 100 and 200, like those are like their, their big high stakes events in which they want to get a lot of eyeballs on. So I, I would yeah. definitely, definitely like to see that. And then of course, like you mentioned as well with Vince helping out Ari Emanuel for the UFC to get into Saudi Arabia. I think the WWE are going to have some inroads with governments at other mm. countries and at other continents to help UFC kind of cross over to those areas as well. And, and I, I think it will be beneficial
0: for them.
3: Definitely. Definitely. And you see how like both promotions are actually looking at this whole international thing. They like WWE is doing it a lot more, but both of them are definitely on the same path of, you know, just trying to do more international events and all of that. And I, I, I think, I think them being together, being partnered up like that, is actually going to work really, really well for that.
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: Definitely, definitely. And so, let's go ahead. I, I think, like we said, we we gave praise to those guys who are <laughs> doing great stuff in the sport. Now, let's go ahead and transition. Like speaking of. Uh, TKO and UFC combining, or not combining, <laughs> but kind of joining forces with WWE. Um, mm-hmm. There are two two main figures, uh, one of which is kind of, he sold his stock and he, he's kind of not affiliated, but always that cloud hanging over <laughs> the WWE. We, we know of that gentleman as Brother Vincent kennedy mcmahon but we also know the other figure in ufc who started out literally started out the year making news and up until the merger it was not for good reasons and we're going to go into brother dana white brother dana white um yeah just a <laughs> a whirlwind of 365 days that that <laughs> brother has went through. Um if you have not been keeping up or if you may have just plain forgotten which is what the UFC wanted you to do. Um Thanks. pretty much at the beginning of the year there was a tape surfaced um that Jane White struck his wife during a New Year's Eve celebration and that also coincided with the premiere of his <laughs> power slap League. <laughs> the
3: irony of it exactly. all. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was like, who, who would have thunk? So, of course, as I mentioned before, Dana White, he tried to get in front of it and he did. He did come up and accept responsibility. He did, as he accepted responsibility for putting DDP and Sean Strickland within striking distance of one another. (laughs) He also accepted responsibility for striking his wife. So, um, and then Power Slap pretty much fizzled out after that, which was pretty much, (laughs) I I mean...
3: When it comes to Power Slap, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure whether they thought it was going to be a big hit or whether they were like, oh no, this is just going to be a fun thing. Like, I don't know. I still, up to this day, don't know what they were thinking. Like, were they like, okay, this is going to just be a fun little thing that happens sometimes and like Fight fans can can also tune into this. Here's an alternative. Or were they actually thinking this is going to be like a smash? This is going to be a hit. Which one do you think it was?
2: (laughs) Well, I think, and... Again, we bring. I bring up John Paul. Like he mentioned uh, something similar to this, and I kind of agree. I think Dana and his team were just looking at Instagram clips and looking at, and I think you could see throughout the press releases as well. Is like, oh, this gets this gets just as many views or our power slap clips. Or our slap fighting clips gets just as many views as the NFL and the NBA and the MLB combined or whatever. I think he was just thinking of like the social media aspect and thinking that would translate into people actually wanting to spend time out their day and watch it like a full episode um, every week. And just people
0: slapping each other.
2: Right. It's like, not really. It's like people see that stuff on their feed and they tune into it because it's like a quick thing. It's like, Oh, this guy got knocked out from a slap. It's was like, yeah. that doesn't mean I want to sit and watch 30 minutes of people training to slap one another. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really, I mean, it's, it's like a freak show factor. And uh, I think that was pretty much how the UFC, like the early years, how they were kind of trying to promote each other. is like this freak show. And I kind of thought that we have evolved from that. But clearly, clearly Dana has not evolved from that. And he's willing, again, whatever gets eyeballs, um, he's willing to go ahead and promote. And for the nerve of him to say, (laughs) I think he mentioned in one uh, press conference, he's like, "We, we don't do... We don't do uh, gimmick fights around here. When it came yep. to like Francis, <laughs> when it came to Francis and um, and Fury, like we don't do gimmick fights. It really you, you you're the same you're guy. Sure you've, promoted, never, like right,
0: you've never, like you've never,
2: never, like, like you. You're the same guy who promoted Mayweather versus McGregor. You're the same guy who's up here trying to promote a slap fighting league. But you don't do get you you got more class than that. Like, come on, bro. Who who are yeah. you
3: fooling? <laughs> yeah. Nah. And yeah. honestly, after the whole thing with his wife, right? That incident where he slapped his wife, I was mm-hmm.
0: like,
3: weird promotional tactic, Dana. But um I was just like, I wish they could scrap it, but I was also like, okay, their props already did a lot for the for the for the show. Mm-hmm. And they can't scrap it, but I was like. If you can scrap it, do scrap it because it's not, it's not a good look. It's Mm -hmm. not a good look at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, they are trying to make us forget about it, but we will never forget. We will never forget. (laughs)
0: Never forget.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: And it kind of leads me to, we were, I, I alluded to Vince McMahon as well. And it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say fitting, but, you know, it's it's kind of like serendipitous that these two figures would be like aligned with one another now with the marriage going on. And yeah, it's just like, cause we all know Vince had his issues as well. um, As far as with uh, claims of uh, rape or sexual assault. And again, something that he wants everyone in the entire world to forget about as he's going through this transition of having endeavor incorporated with TKO and as he kind of slides out in the in the background slides out so that he can enjoy his his millions upon millions if not billions of dollars in the sunset without yep people (laughs) ever mentioning anything involving him as far as a legal perspective is concerned again. And um, I also wanted to bring up when we were talking about Dana White, not only did we have the incident at the beginning of the year, but we also have this lawsuit with uh, the fighters who were uh, under his regime before putting this class action lawsuit um, against the UFC. And now that continuing on and not being, um, not being, uh, not compensated, but not being adjourned or like hand settled out of court yeah. with that continuing on. Do you think, and uh, I think you mentioned it earlier on today. You, you mentioned like the fighters and and being united and getting paid more or not getting paid to their, standard or how they should be getting paid for what they sacrifice. Do you think this trial going on into the next year is going to make a difference? Do you think that this is going to help the UFC to at least, if not do it out the kindness of their hearts, start paying these fighters and compensating these fighters for what they truly were just because hey, it's going to be a bad PR move, especially after this trial or after this suit that we have? Do you think that that's going to amount into anything positive for the fighters who are currently within the promotion?
3: I think I think it will, right? Mm. I think it will, like, shake up quite a few things. I watched a video uh, from MMA on Point, right? The guys mm-hmm. over at MMA on Point, shout out to them. But I watched a video from them where they were basically explaining what this class action lawsuit is all about. Because I I do not really get it, right? But then once I watched that video, I understood the severity of the, of the situation and all of that. And I definitely do think it's going to change things moving forward for the UFC and the way that they work, right? And they're going to be forced to look at ways to... To treat their fighters better essentially and one of the main things about that is fighter pay because fighters mma fighters don't get paid enough and this is just is not even just a, a ufc thing except for like maybe pfl i think pfl pays really well yeah. i'm not sure though but um like ufc they don't pay well um other promotions around fighters are struggling like and it's really sad when you look at them compared to like boxers for example Cause I get it. It's two different sports. Um, and one of them is a bit more um, what's the word? I don't know what word to use, but boxing is a bit more maybe accepted. And yeah, maybe that's yeah. why then they get more money. Or I don't know totally. why. But uh I think definitely they're gonna be forced to reconsider how much they pay fighters and yeah, it's gonna be something that they definitely need to change moving forward. Like they have to make some changes and that's obviously going to be one of the things that the fighters are going to ask for to be changed, you know, like can we get a little bit more money? Because you you find that a lot of these fighters they'll fight on one card um, this month and then next month they you know, they take the time off because, you know I can't fight, I'm not medically cleared mm-hmm. the following month they want to come back and fight again and it's not because, you know, I'm just trying to keep active, it's because I'm trying to make money off of this I'm trying to make sure I can sustain myself off of this Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there's better compensation, it'll be better for them, so that they can actually be able to take the time that they need to take off. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that that that's just my two cents on the situation, honestly. But yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to force the UFC to change up a lot of things. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Ray? What about you?
2: Well, I'm not sure because I, I I think um. A lot of people have mentioned, especially uh, Luke Thomas, who is an esteemed uh, MMA journalist and Mm -hmm. uh, media figure. He he talks about really much isn't going to change unless they get stuff into law. And whether that be putting MMA, having a clause for MMA under the Ali Act for boxing, because I think there is within that um, the boxing realm where you were talking about how yeah. you, you don't understand the difference. I think that is a, a simple difference. is having that law into effect where promoters can't stop because we all know, especially with WWE, where they're, they, they try to say that, Oh, they're independent contractors, but yet they can't go to any other promotion. They mm-hmm. can't go to any other company. They only have to stick with the dates that, only allowed in your company and that goes with uh mma as well like they're not considered full employees they're considered um like independent fighters but oh they have to report to like your they have to wear your sponsored outfits all the time they can't have their own sponsored stuff during fight We they gotta wear the venom stuff yeah all- Throwing fight, we they have to do this, do that, but they're not being compensated as though they're an employee. So I think that's where the um Ali Clause for Boxing comes to effect. Whereas they're saying, Oh, well, in boxing, you can't hold these fighters just here. Like they have to go on, they they can go ahead and explore fights outside of the WBC or outside. Of the IBC or outside of the WBA and they can make those super fights whereas within the USC within Bellator slash PFL, they only have to structure within that particular promotion so I think that is going to make a difference and that might be the only thing that makes a difference is if they're able to get into law hey this is not right You guys have to compensate these fighters fairly. If you're going to have them be employees, then put that like firmly and Mm. effectively in their contracts and then pay them and compensate them appropriately to that. If not, then they should be able to go ahead and float around the different promotions, float around the one championship, float around. And if they want to do a boxing fight with Jake Paul, if they want to do that, then they shouldn't be they shouldn't be relegated or they shouldn't be held down to your specific promotion. So I think yeah. that that is going to be the key thing if they're able through this um class class action lawsuit, if they're able to get a provision in there or at least get the wheels turning or at least get like the ball rolling on that then I think that's the only thing that's going to make a big difference as far as how the UFC does things. Um, if not, hey, if it's not broke, UFC isn't going to fix it.
3: But then do you think MMA has come far enough now, right, for them to be able to actually um, have that pass, like come into law, so that that's actually a thing for MMA also, same as the elite law?
0: Mm.
2: I th- I think they can, but again, it's going to take – it's gonna take a lot of lawyers because <laughs> take the, a long
3: time. Also. Yeah, the,
2: the <laughs> UFC is not going to let that happen without a fight. Um it's it's gonna take a long time. But again, um there should not be a position where fighters can't pay, like they can't pay for rent, so they gotta sleep in yeah. their shit. Or you have fighters um some female fighters who are saying, oh, I have to resort to like these fan sites because I'm getting paid more money per year on the fan site than I am by the UFC when I fight or like fighters yeah. who are who go off to like bare knuckle after the they're done because they didn't make enough money and so now i got to do bare knuckle fighting and stuff like that it's like it mm-hmm. should not be there should be some provisions like legal provisions that should protect these fighters and protect pro wrestlers as well as far as like paying them like having things added like having health insurance having yeah. and not just health insurance for when you get hurt during a fight But health insurance outside of that, when you're training and things like that, um, like having that embedded in your contract, having um, dues paid specifically for your trainers in your contract to where I don't have to personally take out my own money that I that I had and pay them. But having provisions to where they can get paid by the UFC, like having my trainers, having my school paid by the UFC as well. Uh, that might be a bit more of a stretch because um, each fighter has their personal camps and stuff like that. But having that stuff included into contracts as well. um, And it's not going, I don't understand why the UFC, like you're making billions of dollars, like especially after lockdowns and the pandemic, Like you got the WWE who's had their most productive or last year was like their most productive year of Mm -hmm. all time. You got UFC who's having record breaking numbers and things like that. You you can't tell me that you don't have the money to put forth into the fighters that way. I mean, you have the money to invest in the performance center and have fighters come there for free and eat for free when they're there. But you don't have the money to invest in the fighters, um, not just while they're fighting for you, but long term is, is, is just, I want to yeah. say despicable, but yeah, it's something troubling about that.
3: Something definitely has to change at some point. Like, even if it's not now, something does have to eventually change. because. Um, it's not nice also it's really really not nice right for us as mma fans to see these fighters um like in their post fight press conferences and all of that them talking about how broke they were or how Mm -hmm. broke they are and like you just you just watch this person just go out into the octagon and all of that so something definitely needs to change and it needs to change on like a on a wide scale like across different promotions. Um, it's not just the UFC. UFC might be at the forefront of it all, but they're not the only ones who are not compensating their fighters, you know, in the in the right manner. Um, and not taking care of their fighters, perhaps. So yeah, that's just that's just what it is. Something needs to change eventually. And maybe this is what needs to happen so that we get that change.
2: Well, for for your sake and for the sake of the fighters, I really hope that something does change through this class action lawsuit as it goes into next year. Um, and really, I, I really hope that the fighters get what they deserve and that the UFC just, and like you said, beyond the UFC, other promotions mm-hmm. as well, like treat these fighters with more dignity than you're treating them with now and, go ahead and pay them what's worth and don't just don't just consider them if they fall on hard times but or just when they're in your promotion or when they're providing for you but also keep them in mind that's a big thing say what you want about the WWE from the things that I hear about like the drug treatment program and it's for folks who like even after they do their time with the WWE like they still have people contacting them, um, like wrestlers still have people contacting them from the drug treatment program if they slip up. Like have things like that in place, have maybe mm. a pension pro program for them, like things like that. Uh, it it would be really good to see, and and for all the sakes of the fighters, I hope that that does come into fruition. Um, like I said, it's going to be a long process, but hopefully. <laughs> And hopefully we do see the ball rolling on that. Um, So I do think there's one thing I do want to end on, unless you have anything else, Chi-Chi, I did want to end on, since it is December, it is the end of the year, I want to know what your picks for maybe fight of the year, who's the fighter of the year, any stories of the year within MMA that, caught your attention that maybe wasn't as big on, in the spotlight as as other things? Like any th- specific thoughts on the end of this year as as to what your stories and what your people and your fights of the year may be?
3: I only struggle with such things, let me tell you. I'm just going to put it out there <laughs> right now. I always, always struggle with such things because I'm not a very, um, how do I put it, Oh, I might catch a lot of flack for this, but I'm not a very technical person. So I'm not a person who's like, yeah, you know, they had like excellent sparring and oh, all yeah. of that. Nah, 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 nah. Me, nah. Yeah, I'm here for the story. I'm a story person.
2: <laughs> oh, you're so, not. You're not um, like uh, DC, who's he? He does like his um his little thing on ESPN. where you see the lead leg, the lead foot yeah. goes on the outside, and then you got to throw the hook that way. <laughs> Uh, Well, you're not going to have the little tidbits, the the martial arts technique tidbits there?
3: Yeah, no. You can count me out there. Um, I have a friend who is very clued up with all of this. And Mm -hmm. um, his name is Sia, by the way. Shout out Sia. But him... He, he now does BJJ and, oh. you know, so whenever we're there watching like these events together, he's like, yeah, all he needs is to just, you know, tuck him in like this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here for vibes. I don't, I don't know how he would get out of that, honestly. <laughs> but okay. Um, my favorite fighter, always, 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 always is going to be Charles Oliveira. This mm. year has not been great for us, but... Okay. Um, I love him with everything in me. Um, Kamara Usman is my other fave. Also, hasn't been a great year for. Do you see why I'm saying that this year hasn't been the best for me? Like, <laughs> because oh my god. But um, oh Alexander Volkanovski is another one. Oh,
0: mm. that one's
3: gonna make me cry. <laughs> I did not like that knockout. Oh, I was not happy. Mm. Um, I don't. Let me think. Fight of the year. I think I might have to... Honestly, Ray, I'm just waiting for you to say your fighter of the year. And then I might just piggyback off of you, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> but with regards to the fighter of the year, I think I would still have to give it to Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't mm. know. I don't know. People might just... I don't know. I don't know, guys. Yes, I am biased. Okay. I can't be biased. But... Alex is just a phenomenal athlete, first of all. Um, Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. I'm always excited to see him. And yeah, I stand by him, man. You know, even though not because I I was one of the people who was like, he is the P4P king. And now it's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's okay. It's okay. 2024, the comeback will be better. But I think he's my fighter of the year. I'm going to go with him. Fighter of the year, Alexander the Great, Volkanovskiy. Uh, what about
2: you? <laughs> all right. Well, I'm a, I'm going to try to split some hairs a little bit. I I think that uh, Alexander Volkanovsky was involved in the fight of the year with Islam Makhachev. Mm. Uh, I think I I'll, I'll go ahead and pick that as fight of the year. Um and to bring you guys behind the curtain a little bit, um I have mentioned to Chichi before that I mainly keep up through MMA, through Twitter, through Instagram now. I haven't been able to watch as many live fights as I've wanted to. But I think just all the buzz around that first fight between Volkanovsky and Makachev and just them going toe-to-toe back Mm. and forth um, to where... It, it, it was no guarantee that Makachev was going to leave there with his life heavyweight championship at the end of the night. So um, I think he came, I think Volkanovsky came back too early for that second fight um, on short notice. Short notice, yeah. yeah. I think if he had some more time and, and I think there, there's, I think there's a possibility that they could have that rematch, even though, Islam is up 2-0. I think there's a possibility that if um, Volkanovski, who has a fight scheduled at the beginning of this year. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, is it in Australia as well?
3: I don't know. I don't think I, so.
2: I think they said something about it possibly being either in Perth or in like New Zealand or something. But Ooh. yeah, I think he does have his, um, he's defending his uh featherweight championship um, at the beginning of the year. I think if he's able to make it through that, I think there's a strong case, especially if he's able to speak up after um, that, he can have that third fight with Islam makachev This is where yes. I'm splitting hairs. I think I'm going to have to go with Islam makachev as my fighter of the year. And again, yeah. I'm sorry, because uh, that fight between didn't he have that fight with Oliveira this year as well, or was that towards the end of last year?
3: I think that was this year.
2: Yeah, you can't argue with undefeated against really. Stiff but then
3: wait, Ray, 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 Ray. Listen, these are my two faves. I feel like it's not Faye, right, for you to pick <laughs> for you to pick him. You can literally pick anybody else but him. Um.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. With we're, we're we're disqualifying Islam Makachev. He, he yeah. is disqualified.
0: For the sake <laughs> of me.
2: <who>? Okay. <laughs> it, the the queen of sport. What she says, it goes. As she says it, so shall it be. Islam. Sorry, brother. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now now I got to think of another fighter here. Um. I want to say I I can't give it to John Jones. It was just one fight against Gon. Um, like
3: how many seconds was that fight? Also,
2: did it? It didn't even make it out of the first round. Yeah, I think it, it may have been may have been three minutes. May the entire
3: fight was the was the highlight reel, probably.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, you could throw like Aspinall out there. Um,
0: Aspinall was good.
2: Yeah, he was really good this year.
3: Amanda Nunes retired on top.
2: Yeah, that's true. Amanda she avenged her loss. She retired yeah. on top. Um, man, other people. Uh, I mean, oh, my girl Grosso, Alexa Grosso, picked up like did what nobody thought was possible in defeating Valentina Shevchenko. If know we what? were to
3: pick, upset year. <laughs>
2: you you would pick you would go with uh, Alexa as well? Or no?
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. I'm picking I'm picking Alexa. Let's go. Oh, your fight Let's of the go. year.
3: Okay, so fine. It's okay. You can have uh, Islam. Islam uh, and Alexa were your two fighters of the year. Yep. Uh mine, because I'm using feelings instead of fact. <laughs> oh <laughs> Alexander Yeah. Gotcha. And I can't say Kamara Usman because um <laughs> <laughs> But all I'm saying is 2024, we're coming back stronger. Okay, Uh Team Volkanovski. We're coming for that P4P king spot. (laughs) Coming for it.
2: Well, considering (laughs) next year, and another perfect segue, Um, you talked about, we talked about Volkanovski having a fight Mm -hmm. coming up. Um, We've been talking about Oliveira, who... Would have had his rematch towards the end of the year, but ended up getting hurt a bit. But it looks like he's in good shape to have a rematch against yeah. Islam Makachev. Um, Kamaru, hopefully he can get mm. back on track next year. Is there anything that you're looking forward to the most going into 2024 for the UFC or for MMA in general? Uh Things that I'm looking forward to in MMA in
3: 2024. PFL, Bellator, I want to see what they're going to do. I, can, I yeah. feel like they could be really, really creative. And I think they, they're headed in the right direction. So I'm very excited to see what that partnership is going to you know, produce for us as the fans. I'm definitely here for that. Um, within the UFC. <sighs> I don't know. UFC 300, I am excited to see who they're going to choose to headline.
0: Yeah.
3: Specifically who they're going to choose to headline. Ray, I have a question for you actually with UFC 300. Do mm-hmm. you think Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will be either main or co main for that card?
2: I forgot that fight was ever supposed to happen. <laughs> I forgot all about the ultimate fighter. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. if they could pull that off because that would be in perfect time. Because when is that happening? Is that happening in March, April 13th? Yes,
3: U- UFC so, 300
2: is April 13, and they already got another big story. We we I forgot completely was that they're not doing their UFC isn't dealing with USADA anymore, so they don't oh, have yeah. to worry about the six month rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think, I think so, but you know, Connor, he has to he has to get his act together because he's got so many things going on, like as far as us like alleged assaults and sexual yeah. assaults and all these different legal issues that's going on with him. I think he needs to get that straight before they just he had ever a new baby. Another oh my goodness. I was so yeah. shocked.
3: I was so shocked. About they just yeah. had another baby. I'm like, "Oh, okay."
2: And props to D Devlin who's been by his side like through everything.
0: everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like she she doesn't deserve this, but um yeah i i think if he could get those things to like if he could just stop with all the bs and get his mind strictly back to fighting, I think and get himself in the right enough shape
0: yeah
2: uh prepared for April I think i i I would give it as a like a percentage possibility, maybe 60 70 percent because they were supposed to fight in december.
0: Right.
2: And and we're almost like we're we're already halfway through the year and there's no rumblings of that happening or in the, in the forefront or going, going to happen. So I think that would be perfect. Like you have to have Connor on for, for UFC 300. Like you have to yeah. have Connor on. I would mm-hmm. love to see if John's going to return. I would love to see John and um either John Jones and Stipe or John Jones and Aspinall, and again, I think his next fight will be his last fight.
3: Yeah. Um, the thing is, my problem is I I, I feel like um, a champion always has to defend against the interim. That's my. Yeah. That's my thing. So I feel like if he is going to come back, his next match needs to be against Aspinall because yeah. we can't have that interim championship for like whilst he decides to like face off with Stipe, for example. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but John Jones, I wonder how they're going to actually to that card because you know that they're going to try to stack it. They might go like, what's the most title fights that they've done? Three on a card, right? I think it was three. Um three,
0: I think hmm? it might, might try
3: to do four.
2: Four. Ooh.
3: Ooh, because I mean there's still also the women's divisions and there's a like vacant championship. Was it two vacant championships in the women's divisions? So I think that yeah. Yeah, because Amanda Nunes was like
2: he was yeah, his I, guys. <laughs> I think they just need to kill that featherweight division. Like you all you had, all you had were 135ers who were just just bulking up to get up there you didn't have any pure 145ers you didn't have like a Kayla Harrison who sits around that way who is up there you didn't have uh, um you didn't have Cyborg in there anymore um so I, I think this is the right time like uh, you were saying it's earlier, like don't it. kill, don't kill the flyweight division, but kill, <laughs> kill the, the women's featherweight division. Yeah, it and, might be
3: time for a bye to that division.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, one thirty-five. You need to crown a champion there. Um, yeah, I think, I think it would be good to have like all Juliana? Like, that main card, all all champions, Oh, yeah. Juliana. Mm,
3: Do you think? Maybe, ju- Mm-hmm. Pick, yeah. uh, that was one of the craziest moments In MMA this year Like her just screaming in the crowd I was like Baby girl calm down What's going yeah. on
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like you, you yeah, have no say beautiful. anymore You're right
3: But what are you looking forward to In 2024 What's mm-hmm. the thing that you're like okay
2: Well I think um, Definitely looking forward to UFC 300. I think I am in like a morbid curiosity kind of way, looking forward to how UFC and WWE are going to kind of intertwine with one another. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to PFL and Bellator. Um, as far as are we going to see some champions again, jump in ship like MVP or Are we going to see more people um, seeing the shift, not the shift away from UFC, but seeing that there's an alternative to go to? Are we going to see people from one championship um, who turn up into Bellator or PFL? Are we going to see um, big-time prospects who instead of going into Dana White's Contender Series or instead of going into the Ultimate Fighter, end up going into PFL or Bellator. Like, I would kind of like to see how that's going to play out. As far as, like, any individuals or any specific fights, I would love to see. Um, hmm. I do want to see how that uh, Bantamweight division without without, um, Lioness Nunez is going to turn out because she was just the face of that that division. She was the face of that division since UFC 200.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a flake
0: <laughs> <flex> right there.
3: About flakes <laughs> right there.
2: Yeah, and and now that she's no longer in either the featherweight or bantamweight divisions, it's kind of like you do need someone to step up, and like who's going to. Who's going to step up? Is it going to be like, um, I don't know, Ar- And Ronnie Aldana? Is it going to be any other, like, um, Maya? Is she going to come back, Jennifer Maya? Is she going to come back and prove that she was the future? She came up against a buzzsaw before, but now she's ready to take over the throne. Is, are, are, we going to, are we going to see comeback stories like Holly Holm? Is she going to make a difference and then reclaim the throne that she once had? Uh, again, another fighter who was fighting even before USC 200, who, mm-hmm. who who now still in the game. Like, are we going to see, or are Ronda we going Ronda. to see some Ronda?
0: Mm,
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Stay in <laughs> Ring of Honor. Stay in Ring of Honor, Ronda. You you you'll be you'll be better off there, or trying to do something in AEW but um I don't know it could be someone completely new who who comes up and kind of lights the world on fire in that division mm-hmm. so I I do want to see that um I do want to see how this men's flyweight division plays out mm-hmm. um like are we going to see I and I, I keep mentioning him because I'm I love him. He he's a nerd after my own heart. He, he just in there with his glasses, putting together Legos. Come on, Brandon Moreno, get back into the driver's Yay! seat. I, I would love for him to re- reclaim his throne. Um anymore. Um, oh, do we see, do we see? Hmm. I want to. Alexa, Alexa Grasso versus um, Valentina Shevchenko three. Since that second one ended on a draw, do we want to see that? I think I do want to see that because I do. That quite upset me so much. Really? Oh, the second one.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was so upset.
2: <laughs> Why?
3: Because I look like a crazy person in the morning. Like <laughs> you know, I'm I'm up. I was like standing up fully and I'm capping and I'm like, yes, Valentina, get into mm. it. It's yours, <laughs> you're back in it, you back in it. Yeah, yeah. And then one judge, one judge messed it
2: up. And mm. it's always I was
0: upset. it. There's
2: always one. It was always yeah. one. That's it's another exactly. thing that needs. I don't think it's gonna ever the be judgment. changed. Yeah, but hopefully we, we start getting more. More fight four more fighters getting into the judging sphere because mm. is that really that should have been cleaned up? Like I was saying, I, I started being a bigger fan in 2011, that should have been cleaned up back in 2011. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I would okay. love to see them. Ray,
3: now that you're mentioning Sphere, you just reminded me of something. Oh, um, you've seen Noche happening at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Are you excited for
2: that? I don't know. That, that just seemed that, that, that is too much stimulation for me. <laughs> I, I, I might ha- end up having like a seizure or something. Trying to look all over, like screens all over. Like, I don't, I mean, it's it's a good novelty. I don't know if they could do that on a regular basis, but it would be a good novelty. I think yeah. it, it would be a good notch in the head of Dana. Be like, oh, we were the first uh, athletic visit <laughs> to, to perform in here or whatever. So, facts, facts.
3: Yeah. But also, yeah. speaking on Las Vegas, actually, um, I'm so sorry to be going back, but <laughs> speaking on Las Vegas, right? When you found out that UFC 300 is going to, well, because they, they haven't really confirmed the venue, right? But they uh-huh. said most likely Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I'll tell you how I feel about it, but how do you feel about that, about them possibly having 300 in Las Vegas?
2: Well, of course, it's been deep for years, if not decades. Vegas is the fight capital of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think they had 100 in Vegas. I think they had 200 in Vegas. So I, I, I think it would be apropos to have it 300 in Vegas. Uh, I don't I don't have a problem with it, but it sounds like you you have some uh, issues. It's
3: not a problem per se. (laughs) It's not a problem (laughs) per se, but it's just I don't know. I thought, you know, I thought they might do something else. Like I thought they might do another city. Um, Mm -hmm. Las Vegas is cool and all. Right. But I have noticed that they do get a little bit more reaction when they are not in Vegas, you know what I mean? And I get it in terms of, like, the, the history that you're saying and how they've done 100, 200 there. But they've also done 100 and 200 during Fight Week, International Fight Week, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's and
0: true.
3: And next year, like, they're they moving away from that. And so I thought they'd also move away from Vegas, you know, do something somewhere else. But I get it. I totally get it. And it makes sense because it is the fight capital of the world, like you said. Um, It just makes sense. But I think I would have been, I I wouldn't have been mad if they, if they said somewhere else, you know, if they were like looking at another place, I wouldn't have been mad.
2: Is there an ideal destination or do you, do you have maybe a place in mind?
3: Right here in Johannesburg, South
2: Africa. Um,
3: (laughs) Nah, I'm joking.
2: (laughs) I'm here Let go. Let, let's bring back all, bring back Izzy, bring back if you could bring back um Everybody. Francis, like have your three kings back, have them all in like championship matches, have it right there.
3: Yeah, but but obviously, I, I want the UFC to come to South Africa for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man, I don't know what is a nice crowd that they've had before,
0: mm. but. Well.
3: Las Vegas is cool too Don't yeah. get me wrong Las Vegas <laughs> people I'm not coming at you I'm not saying that there's something wrong with you I'm just saying I wouldn't have been mad If Florida
2: Oh man Not, not <laughs> Florida <laughs> Not the mega home you know, base Oh no You
3: know Masvidal would have been up and down brah. He would have been all over that fight week You know it
2: mm-hmm. He's like this but is nah. the BMF belt Three, yeah, (laughs) just
3: walking down the street. Also, I love how Justin isn't Justin Gagey who's the BMF champion right now, yeah, yeah, like we don't even hear about it. Whereas when Jorge was had that title,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: every two seconds, like it was ready to be added onto the UFC website that it's one of the championships.
2: (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, when I was talking about get he's a, he's a good guy. He, he's not going to come out you wrong. And, but, um, yeah, he's, and he's, he's another guy who he goes out there. He puts on exciting fights and he's just like, my fights speak for themselves. I don't need to talk too much. I don't need to do all that. So, um, I think that's why I kind of like that BMF is under the radar and no one's talking about it. Um, but yeah, I think all, yeah. yeah, all I I would love to see all the women's champions like, um, my girl, oh, who just beat well, she beat Rose, the Chinese, Chinese
0: Wei
2: Yes, she, yeah, she, yeah, is it Xi Zhang Wei
3: Li? Zhang
2: Wei Li, Zhang Wei Li, Zhang Wei Li, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just a monster. I would love to see more of her, um. Next year, um, yeah, I think I think some of, the, I think for me and at least in the UFC is uh, the women's divisions. I want to see them grow a bit more. Yeah, um, um, with PFL, love. I would love to see that fight between Cyborg and Kayla. Kayla, I won't. I will never forget your game, name again. <laughs> um, yeah, and. That's pretty much it for me. That's pretty much what I'm looking forward to, and I I, I want to try to get back to watching shows live, and and I don't know if I can pay Ooh. that eighty dollar price tag. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to give me a. I need VPN to hook you up
3: with, with the with the media pass now. Come on.
2: Oh, I I need it, please.
3: Yeah, please. come on.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I'm looking forward to. So um. With that being said, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Chi-Chi, as we wrap up our first-ever venture, our first-ever installment of the Spinning Black Fist podcast?
3: One last thing.
0: Huh?
3: I do want Drickers to win against Sean Strickland. Mm. Once again, for selfish reasons. Um, <laughs> I feel I like if Drickers wins... If Drickus wins, now I'm not oh. saying that I'm, I'm, I don't want him to win, and this is the only reason why I want him to win. Um, honestly, I haven't quite decided who I want. Wanna win in the fight? Eh. But um, if Dricus wins, right, then we are one step closer to that UFC Africa, because we've been hearing rumblings oh, of yeah. it since like the African Kings, and now all African, all the three African Kings are gone. and
2: Pretty much, yeah
3: there's still nothing you know what i mean but at least now um i think in this morning's press conference uh, dana like kind of narrowed it down they're thinking about south africa nigeria or rwanda so those are the three countries that they're looking at and if triggers wins i feel like south <laughs> africa then gets pushed up a little bit you know what i mean
2: that is true and-
3: I'm sure the ticket prices are gonna be insane, but that's not the point. Mm -mm. (laughs) That's not the point. You know, maybe maybe I should also campaign with you, Ray, and get that media pass myself. Yes,
2: yes. (laughs) Let come campaign for one another. Yes.
3: Yeah, you know, I can, I can. I'll stop being shy and I'll like, you know, I'll speak to the fighters and say hi and interview them. I'm so shy, Ray. Like, oh, (laughs) but. That's basically all that there is for me. And mm-hmm. I think that, that's all I, that's all I'm going to say. Every episode, you guys are going to hear me pushing for UFC Africa. I'm telling you guys right now, it's a spoiler. UFC Africa is top of my agenda every month.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> put, it, ha- put it in your hashtags, folks. UFC Africa. <laughs> Hashtag versus Strickland. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. If Strickland wins... uh. If he makes it out of there a lot, like I, I remember back in the day when they were talking about um Chell Son, and you're familiar with Chell, correct? Yeah. When they were when he was fighting and he, he was talking so bad about Brazil, and then they were like, If he has a fight in Brazil, like he will not make it out a lot. <laughs> I think that would be the same thing with Sean Strickland, like Pretty but, much. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I, I think there's just well, one of the many things that we could look forward to and hope for as we go into the new year of 2024 within our our favorite sport, mixed martial arts. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this puppy up, put a bow on it. Since we're in the Christmas mood and this will be released For Christmas, we're going to go ahead and put the bow on our gift to you, our first edition of the Spinning Black Fist podcast. So I'll go ahead, Chi-Chi, go ahead and hit the folks with where they can find you, all your socials and all the good work that you put out within the MMA space.
3: So I am a writer and that's all that I do. I think it's pretty clear just from this, right, that I – I'm better when I'm writing. But anyway, that's not the point. I'm a writer. Um, fan sided MMA, last I'm pro wrestling, and no smoke sport. So that's where I'm at. And now I am part of the Kings of Sports family, you know? But here I'm not a writer. I'm here to talk. I'm here to, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you know, to be doing the queen things. (laughs) So you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But like, maybe not Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, eggs, sorry. You can find me on one of those, right? Um, At Chingere Okafo underscore, it's the name that's there. Um, My name does seem very intimidating, but I assure you, it is not a difficult name. Chingere Okafo, that is the name with an underscore at the end, just one single underscore. And that's me. You'll find me and... Mostly, I won't even lie on X. Mostly, what I do is just I repost. So prepare for that. <laughs> that. That's all that I do. But you know, sometimes I might chip in and say something, and you know, come say hi if you follow me from here, and let's let's connect. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, indeed, indeed. And if I should say so myself, you did an excellent job. If, if you're, you're saying you're so shy, but I, I could hardly tell with just the conversation that we were having, it, it, it's about what, almost two and a half hours and it, it just yeah. seemed like it flew by. So um, just thank you again, Cineri, on on joining me on this voyage. If you want to find me, 10 Day Ray, a.k.a. Raimondo Williams. You could see me up on X slash Twitter and we could, I think we could still call it Twitter because it still comes up. Yes. If you put it in a browser, even if you put X.com and I tried this, it shifts to Twitter.com. So I'm going to call it Twitter. And mama name is Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mondo Dondo one Mondo, the f- last part of Ray Mondo M O N D O D O N D O. And the number one, you can find me on there. uh Instagram. I pretty much uh, just put up clips from Kings of sport and put up clips from NWA podcasts. I also am trying to branch out and do some original content, whether it be based on, uh, WWE, or whether it be based on professional wrestling. Also, I'm going to start doing some MMA content as well, and be on the lookout. Oh. Yeah, I'll be on the lookout. I'm going to also try to just do some stuff to make you laugh. Like it, it's so serious in this world today, and people want to uh, fuss and fight over things. And people talk about how divisive things have gotten, especially within the political sphere um, within this climate today. And uh, I just want to make you laugh or just want to make you think about some stuff. So that's all I'm trying to do on my platforms at X slash Twitter and on the gram. And uh, we also we would be remiss to go ahead and mention what the Godfather mentioned before. Please subscribe to the Kings of Sport on Twitter at K-O-S underscore P-O-D. And also, if you have a few bucks in your pocket, again, if you got $5 for a biggie bag, if you had got $5 for that latte at Starbucks, you could just put down $5 for the Kings of Sport Patreon page. Go ahead over there. If you want to spend more, as Brother Nate always says, we won't stop you. um <laughs> With that being said, again, thanks to brother Nate Milton for joining us uh, earlier in the podcast. Thank you Cheniere, for Nate Milton the Godfather, for the Queen of Sport aka the Maestro, Chichi Okafor. I'm Raimondo 10 Day Ray Williams saying, good fight, good night. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a merry Christmas holiday, and enjoy your holiday. <laughs> Peace out.